3: When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever
2: you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
0: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Welcome to the Chelsea fan cast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a drop of claret. It does indeed. Now, having finally turned a 4-3-3 with Kante Mount and Havertz in midfield against uh, Krasnodar, or Krasnodar in midweek to great success, Frank Lampard employed it again against Burnley. And lo, it worked. Kante put in one of his best performances for ages. Mount was dynamic and imperious. And Havertz uh, got the best out of ZH, uh, Abraham and Werner. Yes, we could have finished better, but the all-round display, especially off the ball, had a typically obstinate Burnley side chasing shadows for much of the game. Um, so there you go. Now, but it was all anchored again by another excellent defensive display led by Mendy and Silva, giving Chelsea their fourth clean sheet in a row. Things are building from the back. Through midfield and in attack, long may it continue. Uh, and tonight's show is called "Claret on the Carpet." Chelsea fancast number 537. And as ever, by my left, well, my my left, <coughs> my left hand side down a bit is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Or as we've decided, we're not quite sure. We've come up with a whole range of um, descriptors <laughs> depending on what mood he might be in. Uh, he might be J.K. Growling, J.K. Howling, J.K. Scowling. We'll just call him J.K. for now and see how it goes. How are you, mate?
2: I suggested J.K. Vowling and J.K. Bowling, but they were a bit too obscure, weren't they?
0: Yeah, it has to be so, owl, an owl in there, doesn't it? J.K. Owling, that's
2: quite well, good. Well, you, you could
0: be that. Yeah, you do look yeah. a little bit like an owl with your round it specs.
2: It's not quite the same. Yeah, misspecs. Yeah, specs. Yeah. I'm very good, thank you very much. I've just made a showreel this afternoon have you some of my best bits yeah because i'm doing a webinar about how to do voiceovers is it, so, is it about an hour long funnily enough it's it just goes on all afternoon does it really yeah, yeah, i wouldn't i'm not no, surprised five minutes thank you really five minutes. But yeah. yeah yeah very good thank you lovely to be on the show good um very very upbeat for a change so anybody expecting a rant sorry
0: Oh well, oh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure we yeah, I yeah, like the I'm, yeah I'm sure yeah. we can find something for you to growl about, and maybe yeah, even you. howl yeah. about, J.K. Anyway, not, not either towel way, about, though. Nothing no toweling. No toweling. Though. Uh, good to see you as ever. Now, I've also got with me uh, the uh, the fat. Well, I mean, we we you know, I think uh, the lovely Diana uh is your number oh, one fan tony she bends yeah. my ear when you're not on of course yes
3: well she's, she's yeah I, I, I mean, I could, I, she's one of these people i could probably meet in the pub before a game and just say well let's not bother with the game let's just sit here and natter." because um yeah she's she, she, she's brilliant she's brilliant
0: to be fair tony you do say that to all the girls
3: yeah but you know i've got a little twinkle in my eye for diana i think <laughs>
0: Okay, I hope Alex isn't listening to this because well, they'll they'll they will be blood on the carpet, let well, alone they, claret, they, mate.
3: That's they, all. At I my exactly. age, no less.
0: Yeah. Anyway, mate, lovely my to age. see you as ever. Now, last but by no means least, uh, one of our one of our Chelsea fan cast favourites. We don't see enough of him, uh, you know, literally and metaphorically. Uh, the absolute legend, the cast iron legend is Mr. Joe Tweeds. Hello, Joe. How are
1: you? Yeah, really well, Judge. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while having a chat with you. So I'm looking forward to this evening.
0: Good, yeah, Well, we're, we're looking forward to speaking to you, we always do, you always have so much uh, different and far more intelligent insight than we can muster, so it's always an education having you on the show, so there we I always go. always like
2: a rest on the show, Chidge. whenever Joe's on. Yes, I know. Think, oh, I can go make a cup of tea and have a lie Let's down. Have a, have a lie down, have a <laughs> lie down, mate, yeah,
0: have a lie down, rest your weary head, mate. Yes, thank you. That's okay. Right, now, on the show tonight, uh, we praise Chelsea's magnificent six, and we ask, is Kante back to his best? And is in fact the place he, uh, the position he played in uh, on Saturday, his best position. In part two, we ask: Is the four-three-three here to stay, or is it horses for courses? Uh, we praise Zuma, and we ask: Is Pulisic made of glass? And we discuss whether Chelsea are beginning to click. And in part three. Lots to come in part three. Uh, we're going to have a look back at the 4-0 defeat of Krasnodar and ask if it heralded the end of Jorginho and Kovacic in the midfield two. Uh, we also ask what more does Hudson-Odoi have to do and whether Frank turning mid-game to a 4-3-3 will have the same impact as Conte. Turning to three five two mid game against Arsenal several years ago. Uh we also look ahead to this Wednesday's match against Rene. Oh Rene. I wanna do what's that that lovely woman? What's that in, in, in um that, that um Hello Hello? Vic, Victor, Vicky Michelle. Oh, Vicky Michelle, yeah. lovely, lovely. Renee. I'm sorry to, to to pour water on the gag, but it's Ren. I know, but actually, they used to be called Star Renee because I checked it on Wikipedia. But that's the adjective so, R-E-N-N-A-I-S. So, so up yours, the laws. No, no, anyway, no, no
2: I, that's spelled completely differently. I'm sorry to pour cold water over this. Go and Google. I,
0: go and Google Ren now in yeah, Wikipedia, yeah. Yeah, but the, and you'll see ad- that the, there are about four different spellings of
2: it. Fair enough. René. Yeah.
3: Renee.
0: But this isn't. This is rain. Don't you but, yeah, ever but, ruin one of my gags again. Ever. Yeah, ever. always.
2: Always. Always. You know <laughs> I will. You know I will. I, but do yes, you know what? I,
0: I'm amazed that, yeah. you know, how long yeah. have we been doing this on Zoom now? You haven't hit me. You can't. We're on Zoom. No, no. I, I mean, I've been, been doing it on Zoom for what? Since March, certainly. Right. Yeah. I still yeah. haven't used the mute button on you. I mean, that is the. I. I think Mother Teresa's never shown that amount but of tell restraint. You what, I'll
2: do it myself. Hang on a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Right. Anyway, no bad gags this time. We'll go for a ne- another take. Uh, we're going to have a look ahead to this Wednesday's match against Rennes in the Champions League. Uh, and in part four, we. I and mean, We really do actually. We've got some superb emails sent in by our loyal supporters for J.K. and myself to read out. And of course, as ever, do not forget. On the Monday night show and the Friday night show, for that matter, you can you can join us on Mixler by going to mixlr. dot com forward slash Chelsea High Fancast, where of course you can join in the chat room as so many of you do. We have a we have what a god bloody hell! We've got a bit of a throng in there tonight. Loads of you in there. I won't I won't ruin the moment by. uh Name checking you all now. it take me half an hour, but it's great to see you all in there. It always is. We love seeing so many people in there on a Monday and a Friday night. Uh, and of course, you know, tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, uh, Instagram us at Chelsea Fancast, Facebook us uh, at Chelsea Fancast, amazingly enough. There you go. Right now, after this very short break, we'll be back to talk about the football. <laughs> So there we go. Um I have to be honest and say that on Friday uh we were all fairly we were all fairly upbeat uh, about whooping Burnley's ass and whooped their ass we certainly did but um I think the first with, thing that's with, with a caveat which with a caveat that he needed to play we did say three, yeah he had to play yeah if he played 4-3 we all yeah. felt that you know, basically... going to be the case. We
2: were worried, though, that yeah. he would play um, uh, Kovacic and Jorginho. Yeah. We yeah, well, you know, I,
0: I wasn't, because I, I can't believe he would have been that stupid. OK. But anyway... Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. That's sorry, all right. Sorry. Well, I think the most notable thing, um, really, is that, you know, we, we'll talk about Pulisic later, but, of course, you know, he he had a sensation in his hammy uh, during the warm-up. So uh, it's interesting, actually, because, of course, as you know, I always put the team sheet out from flash score... And, of course, it still has Pulisic playing on the left. But uh, Werner, who clearly, Frank, uh, decided needed a rest. And, actually, I think, you know, in spite of the fact he scored and did all right, he he did look tired. But, anyway, it basically meant that the Magnificent Six, the six new signings, all got to play together in a Premier League game for the first time. And, of course, that's Mendy, Silva, Chilwell, Havertz, Ziyech and Werner. Um, I think the first thing, J.K., you know, I mean, we'll talk about them it blending and, and clicking and all that later, but I think the first thing first, how lovely to see them all playing. And, what's I mean, you know, we've brought some good players here, mate, haven't we?
2: Oh, well, I I, I was overjoyed. I got a bit weepy
0: because I'm such an
2: you old Did you get wolf. moist? No, no, just weepy. Moist <laughs> and weepy is a bit different, actually, Chidge. That's
0: moist around the eyes, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, indeed,
2: indeed. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, just because Havertz did something... Um, I still think he could do more, habits, but I, I, he's beginning to, I'm beginning to look at him and think, actually, you're a bit wonderful on occasions, aren't you? He did something that he was surrounded by four men, as his Burnley's won't. And he just threaded the ball past, uh, for, you know, short pass, but it just got himself completely out of danger and carried the attack on. And it was Alan Hudson. And I actually thought, God, you're such a classy player. That was that was Alan Hudson completely. And I was a great fan of Hudson. I thought it was one of the best players we had in the 70s. Well, if ever. I thought he was such a sublime player. And um uh yeah, it was it was a joy to see them all together. And um, as you say, Werner, I think, was a bit I think he partly switched off because he was supposed yeah, to be a sub. Yeah. But um uh um they're all they're all playing well, and you just look at them and think, particularly Chilwell, I have to say, looks absolutely as if he's always been playing for Chelsea and has come up a level. and uh, um there were some absolutely sublime moments, and I just thought, wow, this is this is such a joy. And it made me realize actually the how appallingly um affected I am by watching my football team play well, because I just absolutely adore it. and there was some brilliant football. I mean, also some great moments. Werner took his goal so wonderfully, um, and he was put in, and it was it was pretty easy for him. But you know, you needed a bit of class to do that. And Ziegech is clearly a very class act as well. So, I, I and and Silva, I have to say, apart from always looking slightly as if he's done himself a mischief every time he heads the ball away or something, and looking almost needs to be in cotton wool for a bit, and he got cramp at the end. It once again is clearly a class act, and Mendy is um, uh, is a proper goalkeeper, as Ron would say. And uh, no, I, I, I don't think I've answered your question, but I absolutely no, I thought I'd let you eulogise. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I absolutely, I I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I, I mean, got... the only person I've got a question mark about. Just a second here. Just a second. Is I know he scored a goal. Also, the other thing I want to say was when they scored each time they scored. The joy amongst them as players was absolutely brilliant. They all hugged. They all were delighted with each other. There is a fabulous team spirit there as well. And I just thought this can only augur absolutely brilliantly for the rest of the season. So thank goodness there isn't a lockdown because it's elite sport and they're always being tested all the time Um, because I think they can only get better and better. And I think it's dependent on... And they're not being injuries, I'm afraid, because I think the, the negative aspect we had of Krasnodar was I, I'm not convinced by the Rudiger Zuma permutation. Well, that, that
0: that can wait till but, part three. We'll do that. Indeed, I well, promise I you. Thought give
2: it, yeah. I thought I'd give you a little hint of what we're well, going to be talking about. you know, about
0: it's then. interesting, isn't it? Because of course, you know, this is the dilemma we have. You know, because we do a little bit of a review about the uh, the midweek game on the Friday show, but because I, I want to keep that show to an hour, we only spend about 15 minutes on it. So. I therefore try and incorporate something a little bit different on the Monday show, and we didn't really talk about it on on Friday. So, good shout, JK. Got to say, you know, so far, 12 minutes in, JK's putting in a performance like most of the Chelsea side at the moment. He's on his A game today, so be very afraid, everybody. All right. <laughs> um, I have to say, it's also delightful to see you so joyous at watching your beloved Chelsea. It makes sense. Oh, a... but
2: it well, but it does affect me. I love it. That's the thing. It's That's great. why I always want them to play well. And if they're not playing well, I, I'm you know you don't want to find fault. But when it starts working, you go. Oh, you start loving the players as well, mate.
0: I love them all, mate. Good, bad, but, or yeah, indifferent.
2: We don't love them when they're playing dreadful. I do, you don't, mate. Want, you don't want to see them anymore. It's the key dude. to do great you know-
0: parenting, Come mate. Come on. It's okay. called
2: unconditional love, mate. Unconditional. Try I don't, it. Have, I don't have that with a football
0: team myself. You're a transactional sort of guy, mate. That's all I'm saying. I am. I'm sorry. I've let you all down. I'm, I'll be off. No, it's no, you, work- you haven't. You, not working no, for no. Me. I think on balance, as I said, I think it's delightful to see you so, Josh. Anyway, enough. We've had enough yeah. from you for a minute. Yeah. Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, you know what impressed you most about those those six players and how they're all working? I, I loved I loved uh, J.K.'s comparison with uh, of Havertz with uh, Huddy because I, I've got to say I think Havertz is one of the most two footed players I've seen. <coughs> yeah, he's so comfortable I, I, in the ball. I, I do. I like
3: I like that. Um, I like I like that that kind of. Uh, uh, Allegory, you know, he's that he's he's in that area. He's he's Hudson, like Hudson was a, a super player that didn't play more games for England because Alf Ramsey didn't like him. Um, it came down to that, that being as blunt as that, and it, he was a, 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 a an absolutely super super player. But I think he's got a touch of somebody else in there as well, just in his recent performances, and I think he's got a touch of the um Didier Deschamps about him in that. He did a lot of very quiet cleaning up work, right? With without any. You look at all of the the, the headlines the next day and and that evening were all about Zayech and um, and Verna and Mendy and all this barely have barely got a mention, okay? And I I think that kind of suited him. Um, that you know he wasn't, you know he's been the one that's been the most sort of vocal about how difficult um, the Premiership has has been in terms of a surprise to him, but whatever. So, um, and Deschamps was the sort of player I really liked. Just quietly got on with it. Just, just just you know broke the game up, made things happen. You know you never saw him joining the celebrations that much or whatever. So I think he's got an interesting mix there. These six players look great, don't they? Um, but out of all of them, the one that's standing out for me is Mendy. It's that simple. When was the last time we sat here and had four clean sheets on the trot? I don't
0: I mean, know. I bet you Joe will know the answer to that. I'll let him cogitate on I'm that. I'm just but...
3: saying that, that we've spoken for ages and ages and ages about how having a dodgy keeper, a shaky, non-confident keeper who won't come off his line, who doesn't seem to shout, who, who wants to use his, you know, go down, go, go with his feet instead of making himself big, all sorts of things, how that makes the defenders, I think, overthink things. Yeah. And then they're trying to cater for all sorts of, um, you know, potential disasters. And that's where the gaps produce because they're trying to do too much instead of having that faith and that trust in, in someone behind them. Um, And I think we've seen with the guy, um, uh, uh, remind me of the name of the Burnley player who stuck it over the bar, Ashley Barnes, Ashley Barnes.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Right, but look at the size that Mendy put in front of him, and he was out. He was out, making himself big, giving him nothing to shoot at. You know, we, you just, you just, I can't imagine Kepa doing it. And I don't want to get on Kepa's back, but I think when you've got a proper keeper, you know, one who who bosses um, and and really does boss, you know, that whole penalty area, and, and seems to be okay at bossing his back four, and it makes all the difference. I'm deeply impressed with, with the way things are going at the moment. I hope that this is Frank's Conti mm. versus Arsenal moment. Motion
1: detected at I the really front do.
3: Door. I'm going to mute because my wife's coming through the door now. So you're just going to hear loads of noise. Oh. All right.
0: Okay. Um, well, that's all right because uh, I think what you said is lovely. Um, I'm going to bring Joe in now. And I mean, I'd love to hear what Joe thinks about the Magnificent Six. But, you know, I, I think it's the appropriate time also to to bring in something which. I think needs to be said very strongly and very equally, and that is how fundamental and crucial to uh, yet uh, well Saturday's performance the likes of Abraham who who got a a rare outing thanks to Pulisic well Werner being rested and then Pulisic getting injured but Abraham was going to start as the number nine, Mason Mount and 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 Rhys James who I thought was superb. I'm just going to read you out these. Mason Mount stats, which I... I mean, I'm not a massive stat man, as we know, but these are worth reading. Uh, 101 touches, one assist uh, from the corner, 73 out of 80 completed passes. That's a 93.1% accuracy. Seven out of seven long passes completed. Three key passes, one chance created, two shots on target, three tackles, one. I mean, Joe, I, I am in danger rapidly of becoming Mason Mount's biggest supporter and fan, I, I absolutely love this little guy. I just think he's the bollocks. And it was really lovely on Match of the Day uh, that they pointed out, you know, his abilities, his dynamism, his ability to get forward and back, his range of passing, Joe. I mean, he can do no wrong for me. I love the little guy. And he's a proper Hampshire boy too, just to put the ice, the, the, the cherry on the top of the cake, mate.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the thing with, with Mason is that he's such a fundamentally good footballer that I think he he can play in so many positions that that versatility can count against him a little bit. You've seen him play wide um you yeah, know maybe not his his favorite position but he certainly can do a job there. But as someone who kind of watched him growing up from pretty much all the the age groups when you can start seeing him play on TV and clips and various things like that him as a central midfielder has always been his his sort of natural role and I think that's also where Lampard used him for for Derby quite frequently and I think probably one of the, the interesting things for me when you sort of watch his his game is that he looks to me like the complete modern central midfielder. He has all of the athleticism and dynamism to get up and down the pitch. I think he is the perfect fall for N'Golo Kante. You can see the trust that the pair of them have in one another. The fact that there is a a kind of a, a nice sort of lever and, and balance between the two as well. Um, but his ability to play those punchy passes into strikers, to carry the ball, to take the ball in the half turn... He's so incredibly versatile. And I think actually this performance was very reminiscent to, I think, his game he had against Everton just before all of the, the, the lockdown stuff kicked in, where I felt that he he played, I think, in a, in a 4-3-3 with Barkley and Kante as well. And that was probably, for me, one of the best games that he played was in that sort of left central midfield position. But what what you can see with him is that where he he has these sort of attacking instincts in the final third, he can link play. He can sort of play all sort of the neat one, one-touch stuff with with all of the, the sort of more quote unquote cultured sort of attacking players that we have, but he's also great at doing the dirty work. I mean, there was a clip I think saw sort of going around uh, on Twitter today of him sort of running back 10, 20 meters to, to nail someone in a slide tackle, then get up and not just sort of admire the fact that he clatters someone, but instantly, you know, looking for the ball again, looking to turn the the, the game into attack. And you no, know, there, there's a reason that every single coach who has had him absolutely loves him, because A, he executes what the coach wants to to perfection. He will run for 90 minutes. And for me, the more that I see him in central midfield, I think the more he reminds me of the occasional game that you would get from Oscar, where Oscar looked like a world-class midfielder, where he'd play in central midfield and he'd have these wonderful games and then he'd disappear for 10 games. But that sort of style of midfielder who can do everything you would really want, shoot, uh, pass, tackle. I mean, he's he's a complete, complete player in that respect. So I think he, he probably is, is one of the, the sort of shining lights and probably one of the biggest players to, to benefit from this system. And I think also the, the other players to benefit from will be, will be Ngolo Kante, because now you have someone who has legs besides Kante, who can chase back, who can press, who can do some of that running for him. And I think that balance works really, really well. well
0: I, I couldn't agree more with all of that analysis. But to pick up on that last point, I think you're spot on. And I think actually, you know, Jonathan was saying this. And, <clears throat> you know, for all the talk about, um, you know, what a silky player Havertz is, uh, you know, he's he's he what I loved about the fact that he played in the three is that we we lost none of his creativity, which I think is there for all to see. But he put a shift in as well, and he was getting yeah. back. He was putting tackles in, and he's quite a unit, Joe, isn't he? I mean, I thought he was a yeah. bit of a will-o'-the-wisp, but actually, he's quite a unit, isn't
1: he? I think that, that probably the biggest compliment you can pay him, and I think certainly when he plays in these midfield areas, is that for his age... I think so many young players, every time they touch the ball, they want to do the Hollywood thing. They want to do the Hollywood pass. They want to beat people. They want to to do sort of everything that they can possibly to affect the game. And I think from the Southampton game, where he obviously, he did some really nice play, lost the ball, got called out and they scored. You can see that he's almost instantly learned from, okay, I don't have the time to, to maybe do some of these things in these areas. And I think the, the big compliment is that, he executes all of the simple things and makes all of the simple decisions when he should do. And then when he has the ability to show the reason that he's an £80 million player, you see that as well. There were some moments in the game where the ball would come into him and it was literally just, he'd have one touch of the ball and it would kill three players. His, his first touch is so good. It would take people out or it would sort of shift it around the corner to someone else. Um, but, you know, the defensive work, and I think also that something Lampard touched on as well, you know, if you watch the, the midfield during the game, Havertz is always tracking a midfield runner. He's always goal side of the runner. He's always doing what you would want a proper central midfielder to do. He's not some, you know, he's kind of been billed as this sort of fancy show pony number 10 who just just kind of wants to stand in the hole and sort of make passes. But he was doing an absolute ridiculous shift. And you're right. He brings a physical element to that midfield. He puts some challenges in. And I think the thing as well, this is a young player who's, I think, 21, just adapting to the Premier League. You know, if, if you at that age can already take it upon yourself to do the simple things when you need to, and then show your quality when you can. You know, over the course of the season, he only gets better. If you look at his Leverkusen stats, you know, he starts pretty well, but he ends the season, like, supremely strong in terms of goals, assists and all those sorts of metrics. So I think he, he is going to continue to, to be a fantastic player. And, you know, when you look at that sort of right-hand side with Reese James, with, with Ziyech, that sort of mobility and interchangeability between the three of them, it's going to be so difficult to, for teams to stop because Ziyech pops up in pockets that you don't expect a right winger to. Havertz can naturally drift to the right-hand side. He can go beyond the play. You know, he can sort of drop deep. It's its a really going to be a really difficult problem for teams to solve because if you're a fullback, who do you pick up? You know, if you follow Ziyech, then Rhys James was, was wild on so many occasions. We had so many spaces, uh, so much space for switches of play. Um, it's it's going to be a massive, massive problem. So I really liked what I was seeing between them. But also, you know, again, the the relationship with Mason Mount, with, with Kante, they just seem to, they look like they've been playing together for a number of years rather than sort of the first, maybe the first 90 minutes that they've started together.
0: Yeah, nice one, Joe. I mean, I, I'm glad you mentioned ZH, actually, JK. You know, I thought actually his performance particularly caught the eye. I mean, I think we knew about him. I thought he was superb uh, for Ajax when we played them last year. And, and I've seen him play for Ajax a fair bit, actually. But
2: you watch all of the games last season? I,
0: uh, yeah, didn't you watch Ajax last season? Yeah. Come on, way. mate. Sort it out. Anyway, but I, I, it really did catch the eye because, of course, one's, one's very much aware of the fact that, you know, he's not really kicked a ball in anger much uh, for six months. Um, but he's clearly a class out. And uh, do you know what caught my eye most about Zaitch's performance uh, on Saturday against Burnley, J.K.? It was his intelligence, yeah, off the ball. You know his movement and the way yeah. he brings people in. We've got ourselves a player there, mate. And the sweet, sweet foot. My yes. goodness, yes, great goal. I thought.
2: Yeah, lovely, yeah. really thought out. Yeah, he just he he, he's so, he took it so quickly. That's why the goalkeeper was was foxed. I mean, he went through. it. Precision. It was, absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Listen, for all the talk of all the silky smooth stuff, which, of course, I, I like I like a bit of silky smooth, as we know, but you know me, I like well, a bit...
2: was bi- was sil- silky smooth.
0: Well, I know. I, he's predominantly silky smooth. but an itch
2: as well. Well, I,
0: I think the whole football was, in in some respects, silky smooth, but you know me, JK, I like a bit of rough as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do like it. a bit of rough. <laughs> I didn't
2: know that much. Could you explain?
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I, I think it needs no explanation. But anyway, the point that I want to make is that... You know, however good we were on the ball, and I thought we were really good on the ball, actually. I mean, Burnley were chasing shadows for a lot of the game. Hang on, just let me finish the point. Yeah, no, Uh, I was
2: agreeing with you. I was about to say yes.
0: Oh, okay, you were were allowed to do that. We
2: were good off. We were very good off the ball as well. Yeah,
0: well, I, I think this was actually the key to it because I just thought the pressing throughout the team, the desire to win the ball back, to keep the ball, and if they lost it, to win it back again. I mean, Joe was mentioning Mount a minute ago. Absolutely superb, great desire. I thought, Uh, and I just thought we looked really, really good. You know, all the possession, the threatening going forward. And the other thing that really caught my eye was, you know, we, you know, there were a few sloppy moments. You know, we did give the ball away a few times, but we. This, this is the difference between the team with Silva and Mendy in, as opposed to the the team with say Rudiger and Kepa in, is that when we were sloppy, the defence cleared it up. It was yeah. great
2: to see J.K. I thought. No, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was brilliantly orchestrated, and I think possibly by having Silver's uh, um, just cool excellence, his ability to know. Real where wise head, isn't he? Very, very wise head indeed. And it's a, uh, it's that thing where you, you're, you're, you're not thinking. Oh, he's a bit slow. you are not thinking. Oh, it's just because he's doing that J.T. thing of just yeah. being in the right place. Half oh, right a right yard place. in his head, mate. He's reading the game, and also what I love about him is he he heads the ball away yeah. into pockets yeah. where it, it's not actually anywhere near the opposition, which is which is such an elementary thing. But is but so many players, even in the Premier League, head the ball back into dangerous areas. I mean, I'm afraid that's Zuma is still slightly prone to that. But once again, I loved it when Zuma scored, and Silver jumped onto his back with joy.
0: Didn't he, he look thought, happy when was, he scored? Happy looked very happy. Oh,
2: what? What, but also, two goals from corners. Mount, Mounts not hitting the first man. Mounts doing it properly. They've been practicing it and they've got somebody on the end of it. And uh, um, I thought um, uh, <coughs> and it's still the same slight dilemma with Zuma. I still think he is he, slightly too left feet. I feel he's learning all the time. I feel it's if, if, if he learns from Silver and comes up, he's a great header of the ball, Zuma, but it's that thing he, he keeps just slightly playing the ball short. You just think, come I on, I
0: you know, football. mate. You know, and we, we, I spoke about it on Friday, and I, and I love Seema, I really do, yeah, but yeah. he's not a footballer. Yeah, he's a great athlete. But Two also, left it, feet, it,
2: mate. He's heading the ball, but even he occasionally heads the ball into pockets where you think that's a bit dangerous. Yeah, come, come on. on. I mean, I, I've always hated this aspect of even fullbacks. When you think they're not a great fullback if they'll do something well. It's what Frank Sinclair syndrome. They'll do something well. They'll beat somebody. And then they'll kick the ball straight to the opposition down the pitch. Even if it's, you know, um, 20 yards away, you're still giving the ball away. And Zuma is just slightly prone to that still. Whereas all the others seem to be, uh, whether it's something that the season will just, if they're working together and he learns from him, I'm happy for well, that. Well, I, I don't, you
0: know. I, I don't, see, this is the thing. I don't think he will because, you know, you, you, we, we, all of us here, all of us have played football. OK, to varying levels of shitness in my case, but we've all played football. So we all know the difference between somebody who has natural ability in their feet and somebody who doesn't. I, and I speak as somebody who didn't, really. I'm, I was completely one-footed. I, I mean, my, my, left, my left foot was to stand on, and that was it. When and I had... Clog- hang on, hang clog- on. You were Clogger. Clog- I chichi. used to kick people. That's what I was yeah. best at. But, um, you know, I had to think about it. You know, it wasn't natural good footballs, particularly at this level, it is so instinctive and natural. They don't have to think about what they're doing when they've got the ball at their feet. When you watch Zuma play, it's like you can see the cogs going around his head. You know, it's just, it is not natural for him. You look at Silver, Silver, totally comfortable with the ball at his feet. That's the difference. And I, that is natural. And I, 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 I'm not entirely sure that can be a hundred percent eradicated. I think, think it can be improved.
2: That will, that will be a position that will be, be replaced at. Um, at the well, next time I with.
0: let's not go down this rabbit hole. But I'm just going to say one word tamori, okay, and we'll leave it at that. What I want to <laughs> what I want to do now is I want to. Uh, Actually, I want to say hello to Zuriel NG. N- I still can't say your name. I'm just going to call you Zuriel, who we've not seen or heard from in Mixer for ages. He says, hey, everyone. Good evening, Jonathan and the gang. It's been some time since I'm here. Got a chance to tune in today. Hope everyone is good. Well, we're. I think I can speak for all of us and say we're all fantastic, Zuriel, and it's just brilliant to see you in here. How lovely. Um, right, Tony, time to talk about Kante. Um, I thought he was immense, mate. Um, you know, I think he... He really did lead a lot of that, uh, you know, being good off the ball stuff that I was talking about. He was he was absolutely my man of the match. I think he bossed midfield. He ran it. I'm going to call him the cleaner because he cleans shit up. I love him, mate. Fantastic performance from him. Is, is he back to his best? Well, I hope so because he's been way off it for some time. Um, and I've been
3: quite openly critical of him, you know, on Twitter, but also on here. I haven't shied away from the fact that I think. Um, we have the issue with him being made of glass um, and the issue with him being anonymous for me in some games. Um, now, you know, whether, whether that's this, I, I still get frustrated with this, but he's not in his best position. Do you know what? When I was a kid playing football, you played where you were told and you made a bloody good fist of it, no matter what, because you were just happy to be on the pitch. You didn't go into some <sighs> mad sulk because you're not in your best position or whatever. Um, uh. But he is a workhorse of a player, Um, and I think if he gets back to doing what he does best and and this kind of sort of semi-Makaleli role where you just break the game up and you just clean the game up and and whatever, Um, he doesn't need to be the sort of player that's encouraged to go forward. He's not going to be a box-to-box midfielder in the way that um, Frank was going to get in 25 goals a season. He'll pop up with the odd one here and there, and if he sticks to that, I think he's fine. My worry is about his his general robustness um, and how long he'll last before you know yet again we've got Can A injured and people will go yeah but he's played so many games well he hasn't has he that's the point he hasn't he hasn't played so many games he hasn't been a regular in the team you know in the same way that as Pellequeta has been or, or or other players so. I, I, that's a bullshit.
0: Well, I think even that season when we won the Europa League, that would be blimey. Last, that's not no, the season before last. Now, yeah. isn't it? He didn't. He was in and out then. He had a few injuries then before yeah. the Europa League final, which yeah, many say but, did the for argument
3: him. I get from people is yeah, but he's played so many games in the last three years. Well, how far do you want to go back? These are professional footballers. They are fit. They are home. They are looked yeah. after. They it's are it's injuries they are... that
0: are doing for him, not fitness. Yeah, and
3: respect. I think yeah. it is, but. You know, if if you're susceptible to injuries, and we all know there are players who are those kind of players who who seem to be, you know, the made of glass phrase or whatever. Uh, I uh, I hope he gets a chance to prove that he isn't, because yes, he would be, you know, a, a banker on the team sheet. Um And you can't argue with a hundred percent cross completion. You can't argue with well, more. passing.
0: Can, out you've myself. got the stats there. I'm just going to read these out, Tone, because yeah. I think this this sums sums his performance up for me. And then I'll I'll have a quick chat with Joe about Kante because it'd be remiss of me not to ask Joe what he thinks. But uh, on Saturday against Burnley, 100% aerial jewels, won. And that's not bad considering he's not very tall. 100% cross-completion, 100% touches. Sorry, 100 touches, 96% passing accuracy, four ball recoveries, three tackles, two interceptions, one foul, one, one shot, one chance created a masterful display. Was it not Joe?
1: Yeah, I think this is Kante's best performance that I can actually remember um, for a very, very long time. I think just piggybacking on on some of the stuff that Tony said there, I think if there is a a genuine push to make Kante this sort of Makaleli-esque midfielder who is more of a sitting player, you know, his skill set for me has always been his ability to hunt people in midfield, you know, his energy, his ability to press, to sort of harry people and win the ball back and win challenges, etc., if you can now sort of convert that energy and make him into a more disciplined player, someone who sits and also surrounded with legs, haverts, mount, people like that who have energy to press, to do some of the running, to do some of the defensive work. I think that he he has the potential to prolong his career. I think McAleady did that role exceptionally well into his mid-30s. I think Kante is 29, 30 at the moment. So if you have the ability to extend his career by making him do less running, be less physical, be less of this... Kind of all-action, swashbuckling, kind of tackling, kind of midfielder, and just focusing on being more cerebral, picking his moments when when he sort of does his his kind of bursts of energy. I think there's potential to extend his his career because, you know, he has I think certainly been been covering for a number of players that he's played with over the past couple of seasons. Their deficiencies defensively, the lack of legs around him has often been him sort of trying to cover the entire width of a football pitch at times, which is is virtually impossible even for for the best players on their best days. So. Doing that at sort of the injury rate he's had, as Tony alluded to, you know he hasn't been as robust as what we've seen. I think potentially lessening that kind of workload and putting him in that position where he can be intelligent, and actually choose to pick him and, and pick pick his moments, actually hopefully prolongs his career. And I think probably the, the fact the fascinating thing for me was you can tell when Kante is confident because the the little like a like chip pass through ball thing, I think the the chance that he created was outrageous. That was sort of almost like. Uh, you know Ramirez when Ramirez remembered he was Brazilian that sort of skill set that you know that, that that Ramirez used to have and Kanté is capable of doing as well so yeah just i think an all-round fantastic game but i think if you continue to surround him with with midfielders who have legs who can help him then you know he can still be i think a really fantastic holding player and he showed as well his distribution wasn't slow wasn't plodding wasn't wasn't methodical making aggressive passes making good choices i think it was was one of his one of his bestest phase in a very, very yeah. long time.
0: He looked a happy bunny, didn't he? And I don't blame him because I just think it works so well with the other two in there, like you were saying. I mean, the reality is, Kante, as we've been saying for bloody years, I mean, we're, we're you know, go go back to when he turned up. We always, always used to say, we only have two world-class players in this side and one of them is Eden Hazard and the other is N'Golo Kante. He's a superb footballer, period. Right, we need to move on uh, to a break because we've got loads more to discuss. But before we do that, a couple of things. First of all, there's a, a mix of the, um, post by Disco Donny, the lovely Donny from Chelsea, Sweden, uh, or Daniel Janu. Gen- Jonu. I always get it wrong. I end up sounding like Donald Trump when I mispronounce people's names. It's, it's, quite, uh, it's I need to see my <laughs> therapist about this. There's something very deeply, darkly wrong with that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I'll just use his Mixler handle, shall I? Disco Donny uh, says, by the way, I like Zima. I think he's a top, top defender. Not the best with his feet, but a centre-half doesn't have to be. He's so strong. Wins everything in the air. Don't agree with Chidge on this one. Well, Donny, clean clean your ears out. I I don't think Zuma is a bad defender. I think he is. He is. I don't know if we are talking about it later. So maybe I'll just talk about it now instead. But I think he's absolutely integral to our defence. For me, the 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 most well the the best centre back pairing at the moment is Silver and Zuma, and and Zuma particularly because his physicality his uh, his pace he's he's very good in the air we you need a central defender who can clear it out and i think he does that um but i stand by what i said and i think you even agree with me he said he's not the best with his feet he's not and that can be a liability for us i think i think uh, silver with his all-round defensive intelligence can help zuma certainly with his positioning which i also think is a weakness and also clean it up if it goes a bit pear-shaped but i think what i was really saying was that you know, these days, the way that managers like to play, they like to play out from the back. They like to be able to have defenders who are comfortable with the ball at their feet. And I think all I really was saying about Zuma, I wasn't saying he was shit and I don't like him. I was just saying that he is not a natural footballer. He is not a footballer who is comfortable with the ball at his feet. Whether they have to be or not, as you infer that they don't, I think I don't agree with that because I think the, the modern game dictates that, you, you know, you've got to have, 11 footballers although having said that I remember we talked about this on the show the other week how odd it is these days you know that there seems to be a move away in some sense from footballers to having great big units and athletes and 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 the football seems secondary kind of reminds me when I was a kid JK Um, we were the worst football team in the world by the way Ropley Tigers I've told you about them before but we had um we had a lovely winger Right, called called uh, Dave Brill, and Dave was a bit posh actually. He went to my school. His father was a doctor, so he was a bit posh. So he was a bit of a rugby boy, right? Anyway, we we convinced and bullied him to go and play for us because he could run fast because he was a wing in rugby. So we used to put him out in the wing and we used to, like, hoof the ball up to him and get him to run after it. He was very fast. But he couldn't do anything with it because he had, he had two left feet. Because I mean, he, he all, all but picked it up and ran with it. I mean, you know, foot, his feet was for standing on. They were not for playing football.
2: So we'd get there ahead of everybody but then just think, what yeah. on earth do I do with it? A bit like <laughs> Jesper
0: Gronkjaar. <laughs> He scored the odd good goal. He,
2: he scored did. a very good goal at Everton. Run, at Everton. Run, Forest! run. Very good goal against Liverpool. We had a player called Steve Pratt, who was always offside, and he was so offside frequently, and he'd frequently be offside he wouldn't have a linesman because it was Sunday football, and he would actually say, sorry, referee, I'm offside. And we'd go, for fuck's sake, Steve. <laughs> you know, the referee, you're offside. <laughs> he would flag himself offside. Yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> sorry, I was offside. A bit like was- Morata.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, was it related to Morata. Was he like his
2: dad or he... <laughs> oh. did you see it though? Did you see during the week Maratta was tw- offside twice for Juventus? Yeah, Patrick. I do,
0: I do. Patrick, right. I think you got okay. was that uh... Patrick, that was disallowed, all of them. Yeah. Something something that is never offside, of course, is the wonderful, wondrous, the best fanzine in the universe, let alone Chelsea. It's the best ever, and it is CFC UK. Uh, uh, mastered by the uh, indomitable Mr. DJ himself, uh, who I love to pieces, and I hope he's well. I really do. Uh, I know things are a bit tough for him at the moment, but he's doing a grand job keeping the fanzine going. Um, I've got one in the pipeline. I think I uh, waffled on about it the other week. But uh, anyway, I know you can't get it on a match day at the store, which is a great shame for all of us. All of us miss going there and saying hello to everybody like Marco and DJ and Jason uh, chuckles the cabbie and you know, all of that lot but you still you can get it still uh but all you have to do is you just have to let dj know basically so you, you email cfcuk at gate 17.co.uk you can pay for it uh using paypal uh so and you can subscribe as well um if you email that email address, then you can find out how to subscribe. But I think it's two quid, including first-class postal delivery. I commend it to you. Right, we'll be back in a minute when we're going to talk more about the Burnley game, about the 433 we, 3 3 Well, I think, you know, we, we talk more about Zuma because, uh, you know, having kind of told, him, told everybody I don't think he can play football, I think there are plenty of other things we can praise him about. Uh, Pulisic, is he made of glass? And finally, are we beginning to click? I think we are, but we'll be back in a sec. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast and I am Stanford Chidge and uh, Jonathan doing his shoulder exercises. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Chidge. Yes, everyone uh, either done that or you're having
2: a very big wank. A very big wank with a very small penis. I'm trying to give it more... I think more
3: it's like leveraged. a fantasy
0: wank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be. Yes, it would be <laughs>
3: darling, yes. I Can think we I'm well chuffed that he hasn't
0: nah. got a camera. of
3: the images that were being grained <laughs> bad enough, just on, on on audio, Joe. Let alone seeing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everybody. Just I'm doing a shoulder. I've had a shoulder replacement, and uh, and I'm, it it eases the stiffness if I do an enormous kind of <laughs> for the um,
0: shoulders. We hasten to add.
2: Oh God, you're so quick tonight. <laughs> the Guinness, mate. <laughs> yeah, the Guinness doing it. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, you do a kind of sort of pulley exercises if you're on a pulley, uh, hoisting yourself up for some kind of. It- so, chandelier you, sexual activity. Are you pulleying yourself off? Indeed, I'm pulleying my pudding. My pudding. <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: enough. Yeah. I think we all know now. There, In fact, there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who also know that Jonathan is on the show with me tonight, but then he always is. So they, <laughs> they ought to by now. Uh, there we go. Uh, we've also got the right Reverend Tony Glover, who I love to pieces, miss him dreadfully, even though he, do- he only lives about 20 miles from me. We need, we can't go and have that drink now because of the bloody oh, lockdown, God. mate. Like
3: no, we buggered it, haven't we? Buggered it.
0: I'm going to my local tomorrow night for a bit of a sesh. Actually, uh, see it off in styly. I think
3: it's, I, I, you know, it's a shame. But then the day we do do it, we will, we will love it.
0: Well, we get to see each other a Friday night in our little virtual pub, don't you we? Do. With the, some of the some of the boys from the cock and places. Uh, really so does. there you go. Anyway, great to see you, Tony. Now, last but by no means least, we can't see him because uh, Joe has not inv- in, in, invested in a uh, a webcam, which is probably a video camera, which is probably a very sensible idea. Uh, it's lovely to 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 hear him, Joe. Lovely to hear your dulcet tones.
2: Can I just say, just to interrupt quickly, Joe? Sorry. I love it though because I have got this vision of Joe just being an enormous brain. It's just, <laughs> he's just a huge. Do like, you remember that? The, yes. Nobody will know this. Like the Mekon it was this, 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 yes. this the, in the Eagle. The, the Eagle. Uh, there was this this alien with Dan Dare, and he was just an enormous green head. <laughs> And I have this vision with with Joe that he's just, and there's nothing, and he's feeding himself fish to keep the brain of...
0: <laughs> <laughs> herring, a, herring, a- man.
1: part's quite accurate, yeah.
0: there's no sorry answer to that, Joe. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Joe, great to have you back on the show. It's been far too long, mate. Lovely to have you on. Yeah, I, I've been out to this Joe 90,
1: so, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe as Hal, actually, from, uh, what's oh, that, yeah. Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah, we go. Yeah. All right, let's crack on. Um. Now, uh, you know, everybody knows uh, many are trying to take credit for it, like Dean Mears, who I love to pieces. But, of course, I've been personally on the crusade for the four-three-three for what seems like an eternity now. Dean says it was all down to him because he wrote about it. I think he just basically absorbed my musings. But anyway, whatever. We're not going to fall out about it. Um, particularly as he completely owned me on Twitter, actually, which is not easy to do. So my hat is well and truly off to him. But anyway... Uh, it finally happened against Krasnodar, which we will speak about in a minute. But, I mean, the point for me, Joe, is that it, it totally... And this is why I was crying out for it. I mean, I, I felt we had a a problem trying to fit a lot of these talented attacking players, many of whom can either play on the wing, many of whom can play as a number 10, many of whom can play, you know, in, in midfield. And they're all... There are similarities amongst all of them. I mean, you know, Werner can play strike, he can play on the left. Pulisic can play number ten, or he can play on the wing. Z, the same. Havertz, I reckon, can probably play anywhere. And I, it, it, it looked like Frank was trying to, uh, you know, I was having a problem trying to fit them all in, and also shoehorn Mountin. And I think Mount, in a sense, was the the square peg in a round hole. And we were all saying, you know, you just can't, you can't not have Mount play because he dictates the tempo of the side so much, and he brings so much to the to the team. And it seemed obvious and apparent to us that the big problem that we had was uh, Jorginho and Kovacic, uh, or Jorginho and Kante, or Kovacic and Kante being too ponderous in midfield and not, not moving the ball quick enough. So, you know, Kante, you don't need two holding midfielders. You can just have Kante in there and have your two number eights, which is what we were always led to believe. Frank... Always wanted to do, but the thing is, Joe. I think basically the four-three-three brings out the best of Kante, Mount, and Havertz, and allows us to play. I think the the best three that we've got up front, which is Werner, Pulisic, and Ziyech.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. I think this sort of hunt for the formation is actually kind of really hindered on the the fitness of, of Hakim Ziyech. I think the fact that he has now come back into the team means that Lampard can sort of finally play the system that he's wanted to. And I, I keep drawing the parallels with Oscar and Mount because I remember Mourinho used to stick Oscar on the wing ahead of De Bruyne ahead of loads of people. You know, he played as a defensive number ten, a little bit like Mount has been deployed. Um, I remember doing doing podcasts on YouTube where we would see him play in midfield and we'd say, well, why is he not playing there a bit more regularly? So to see him sort of now in his more favourite favourite position, I don't I don't think you have to have an innate understanding of tactics or coaching to see how much uh, quicker the tempo was as soon as Kante and, and Mount came on. Havertz, I thought, was having a fairly decent game, but he looked far more lively, far more connected. And I think the biggest issue that we have, certainly when we play the, the Kovacic and Jorginho kind of pairing, is that there's, there's such a lack of ambition on the ball. There was one point, I think, it might have been in the, in the first half, where Hudson-Odoi was absolutely in. And I think any other midfielder bar, bar uh, Jorginho would have played the past him. And yet he, he played it square, and then we sort of completely sort of killed a move there. So it's a question of, you know, you have all this wonderful attacking talent, You need the right players and I think the right system to be able to not only get them into game, but sort of knit things together. And certainly, you know, Lampard was alluding to it, the the 4-3-3 with that kind of already preset triangle in midfield creates a lot more sort of passing angles and opportunities for people to to actually move the ball forward. You know, you have, I think, a little bit of a tendency with Kovacic and and Jorginho to play very kind of flat and sort of parallel to one another, um, which then requires the number 10 to drop incredibly deep to try and find the ball. And then when he does uh, sort of drop deep, you know, Kovacic isn't going to find a pass. I and mean, we know Jorginho is, is unlikely to, to play the ball as well. So I think it's a little bit to do with the personnel change. And I think it's a little bit to do with the formation. Um, but having those sort of two kind of internal midfielders being mountain habits give you so many possibilities because they're both so great going forward. They're both great passers. They can both carry the ball. But as we saw in the in the, the Burnley game, their defensive duties as well, they're not, they're not going to sort of switch off on those. But it's it's the the ZH move for me, which I think has been the most interesting because the way that he plays from that right-hand side, he comes, you know, we saw him against Burnley coming all the way across to the left-hand touchline to create space to sort of move the ball. And I think one of my biggest concerns with, with playing him and Havertz originally on the same side was that obviously they're both left-fifty playing on the right. They both like to occupy sort of similar areas, but they're both so intelligent that that literally isn't a problem. So, you know, I think that there's the ZH move, Havertz playing there... And then it's really just a question of then trying to find your centre forward. I'm personally someone that I would prefer Chelsea to play with a focal point up front. I think Tammy or or Giroud give us options. And I think looking at the Southampton game in particular, when they were pressing the life out of us in the second half, one of the easiest ways to get around that is just, just to go over the top of the midfield. If you play the ball over the top to Giroud five, six times, their press is going to drop because they're completely out of the game. And I think sometimes a little bit of an issue I have with the Werner Pulisic and ZH Trump three is that it limits our ability to go direct. but well, I think, think having I think, that option is is important.
0: I think Tammy Tammy would be equally adept at that actually. And yeah,
1: I think he had quite quite a good game yeah. against Burnley. Was yeah. he was he gave us the ability to go long, and it's a nice option to have when you're trying to build the style of play. You're trying to build it from the back. If you can go long, it really does affect how other teams defending against us. They can't what? just press because they know that that ball can come.
2: He held the ball up much better than I've seen him do before, actually, Tammy. Yeah. It looks like play. he's it's something he's been working on, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, Joe, here's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I personally love the four three three because I think the other problem, I mean, the ponderousness and yeah. the and the having two, you know, defensively minded uh midfielders in, in the four, two, three, one, for me, that was, you know, one of the reasons why you know, basically, there was too big a gap between them and the attack, and I think that's why yeah. a lot of it was breaking down. So I'm, I am biased for the four-three-three. I think it's a it's a much more stable and a much more attacking formation. But I think you know everything that I hear Frank say, and I, and I have to say I, I'm inclined to agree with because I, I don't like to be too stuck rigidly to a system. I mean, people who ever listen to the Kerry Dixon podcasts. I used to do with the great man. would hear him moan at me every week saying, Chidge, it's about players, not systems, he would say. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. I I have a feeling that Frank will be horses for courses. At least I hope he will be. Because you do have to be adaptable in the Premier League, often in game. I mean, one of the great strengths of Mourinho was he would change formation three times in a game, isn't he? So do you think Frank will do the same? He might might start a lot with 4-3-3 or maybe sometimes start with 3-5-2, depending on who we're playing.
1: I think I think that probably is going to be maybe the default formation in, in bigger games. Um, what, 3-5-2? Yeah, I think that he, he likes to sort of kind of tend towards that. It gives us a little bit more solidity. I mean, it, it will be interesting because I think if, if this 4-3-3 continues to develop, because, okay, it was Burnley and it was Krasnodar, fair enough. But we looked, I think, uh, so we kind of had a solidity that we haven't had on an Lampard in that game. Um, and if both Habits and Mount can actually drop in and do those defensive duties... James Chilwell or whoever's going to be playing in, in sort of the fullback areas also can do that as well. It might be something that he tries to then sort of start impressing on on other teams. I do think sometimes that we we maybe give certain teams a little bit too much respect when we play them by shifting to a back five and kind of amending what's been successful. So while I do think the back five is decent, you know it gets it gets a good players in, it keeps us solid, gives us the ability to counter attack. I would like us to see you know, going to Liverpool or City or whoever, whoever it's going to be and seeing if that 4 3 with those players can actually take the game to the, the opposition wall. And I also think as well that they, they would have the ability to sit in, Mountain and Havertz could sit in, but then you've got a nice counter-attacking threat. You've got the pace of Werner, Pulisic, etc. Havertz joining the attack. Um, it certainly gives us a lot more opportunities and you can also go a bit more solid. You could put Kovacic in there, push Havertz up, up up, up, top if needs to be as well. So there's a lot of permutations there. But I like I like the system because I think it gives us a little bit more flexibility when we're trying to attack the better teams. Yeah. But he has defaulted to that sort of fight with that formation. But I would like to maybe see us be a little bit more adventurous going forward because I think we've got the talent and I think we've got the players to do it this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, one one thing that we have to do is get the best out of that attack. And I like the idea, Tony, you know, that if we've got um, you know these great attacking players, and I, and, and I'm going to include Mount and Havertz in that. You know, we were, with the last few years, we've been lacking goals from midfield, which has been a real problem. I'd like to see us go at some of these big teams and say, look, you know, bollocks to you, you've got to deal with us. You know, I think it's going to happen.
3: <clears throat> I genuinely do. I think we saw a very uh, early indication of that in that fantastic game at Stamford Bridge last season that we lost two one to Liverpool you know we were that second half for 35 minutes we battered them it was like a wave after wave of attacking and we didn't have half these players then um I think Frank likes that I think you know Frank will always have that attacking instinct inside him you know he knows that that's that's what the fans want to see he as a footballer um, and as goal scoring midfielder, will want to, to 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 be part and parcel of that, and and want to put his mark on the game. He'll have seen what Klopp and his kind of heavy metal football, and Guardiola and his 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 sort right, of um, football dresser, soft metal, yeah, yeah, have done. Um, and I think he'll want to he'll he'll want kind of to be held up in the same light. And he's got the right balance of it. The the defence, you can argue, was was too long coming. Um, and we'll probably still need some backup uh, to keep it, um, uh, you know, sturdy or whatever. But it's it, it is. J.K. said it earlier. On, it's, it's joyous to watch when it's clicking. I mean, even Gary Lineker. I, I mean, I, I get a bit, I get a bit pissed off with people who just sit there thinking, "Oh, he's a pundit. He doesn't know nothing." You know, because he's, he's ex-Spurs or he's ex-Arsenal. Well, they played the football. They know their, they know their stuff. Um, but Lineker's been a big fan of Chelsea and 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 that came across in his post match interview that he did with Frank that they showed on Match of the Day um you know sort of two ex footballers who 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 know their stuff and and to see Frank answering intelligently and and putting over what he wants to do and and Gary Ineke kind of praising him saying you know what when you watch Chelsea it's really good stuff to watch he That's tweeted good. that I mean as well. I know I know the sorry he tweeted that as
2: well Lennifer. Yeah.
3: He did. He did. And I think you know that. You know it's all very well people saying no one likes us. We don't care. But, you know it's quite nice to be liked. It's quite nice for once for people to be looking at us and going they play some good football. You know, you talked earlier on or someone mentioned about how we how we were in to into Burnley, not giving them any space. And that. that's the one thing I think I want to see more of. I've always you know ever since pre Mourinho, even you know we've, we we've always had this tendency to be the team that sits back. Um, and lets people come at us, and it's bloody frustrating when you've got good players to see, you know, that kind of absorption technique going on. And I'm I'm with who was it, whoever said, oh tactics, dicks, fuck it. It's just you know, it's the players. Carry mate. With that. Kerry. I, yeah, I normally glaze over at the side of tactics, and 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 I love the fact that people go, oh he changed formation to this, that, and the other. You know, we, when I play football, yeah, we lined up. The tactics was when you lined up for kickoff. After that, you basically just knew that you were either a right wing or inside right or whatever. Just kick
0: the nearest player, mate. Yeah, the,
3: and I, I just think that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm playing football at the moment, albeit walking football or whatever. And so, you know, you you tend to fit into the positions where you where you know you're performing the best or whatever. And, and I like the fact that Frank he's been he's been in any other. I think if he'd been a foreign manager, and you can, can pull me up on this, I think he would have been praised for how brave he's been. Yeah, maybe. how he's changed things around.
0: Maybe, maybe you but would.
3: Instead of which you get this kind of, oh, we tinkers too fucking much. Oh, well, I, I, I'm, just,
0: I'm, igno- I'm, I'm taking um, the great advice of Mark Meehan from the other week. I shall always invoke Mark Meehan at this point. He says, Chid, ignore everything you read on Twitter and don't get wound up about it because he's right. Now, Jonathan, you made a really salient point uh, in part one, actually, which I want to bring up again, actually, and that's your concern about you know, we're only one injury away from Kovacic and Jorginho again. And I think that's a very valid point. You know, this is, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's funny, isn't it? We often talk, don't we, about managers. Do they know their best team? And I and I think we all know what the best team is. And it's it's Mendy, uh, James, Silva, Zuma, Chilwell, Kante, Mount, Havertz, Pulisic, Werner and Ziyech. You know, I think we could all say that now. But if Kante gets injured, it really... I think, screws things up royally because I think he's actually, in a weird sense, the most important cog in that wheel and there's nobody else that he can do that job until possibly, possibly Billy Gilmore's fit. But I don't see Jorginho and Kovacic being able to do it like he does.
2: Has, um, I think, Kovacic has played there. Not as mobile. Uh, no, but I don't think he's been a disaster player.
0: No, true. I mean, listen. I think, would be a disaster. Can we have play. a quick caveat here? I, I, I've yeah. got nothing against Jorginho or Kovacic. I think the, the, what they're really good at, they're very, very good at, and I love them dearly for it, the whole unconditional love thing again, JK. Yeah. But Jorginho cannot do what Kante does in a in a four-three-three.
2: No, not at all. Of course he can't. Yeah, I'm beginning to worry that all he's good for is playing this long ball over the top to uh, whoever happens to be uh, running onto it, which he's very good at. But he, he's not ticking the boxes in this environment for me at all. He's too slow. Um, always commits a foul if necessary. Then if the foul is committed early on, you're then worried he's going to be sent off. Uh, he's, uh, he, his, his default is appears to be playing the ball backwards, much like Emerson, who made a bizarre appearance again against Krosnodar. I don't know what was going on there. Um, uh, and so I, I'm um, I'm ceasing to find positives for Jorginho within this um this setup of playing the ball quickly. Because mm. he he I don't know, if but if if Kante does get injured, perhaps we will find him in the middle there. Perhaps he can do it, but I'm he's not a great tackler, he's not quick enough. Um Uh, all right, decent pass through the ball, can thread the ball through, but that isn't enough in this setup for me, I'm afraid. Mm, Indeed. I don't see how Jorginho can can take part. But as we're talking about injuries, for me, Kovacic would be the the more likely to slot into that. But you would hope that Gilmore would come back in and perhaps play it. But he needs to get very fit because when he did bring him back before his injury, he seemed very um, off the pace in comparison with the the brilliant performance we saw against Everton.
0: Well, he's 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 back in training. I do know that. I mean, personally, I think I and I you know I wrote an article on it last week. Um, I don't think it's gone up yet because uh, Ollie's been away. Uh, if you're listening, Ollie, today would be a good day to put it up because the Athletic have just put one out saying that Chelsea are going to go back in for Declan Rice in January, and I think they will. I think Lampard, hundred yeah, percent, like. wants Declan Rice to play in that role longer term and I think I personally think that's a very good that's a very good uh, option for us and I, I think he's a superb player but is that and... in the midfield, Gigi, you're it's...
2: saying just in front instead of Kante. Yeah that... in the Kante role. In the Kante role. So what would happen to Kante? Well
0: I think you know Kante's a lot older and I think he'll either stay for a year or two or they'll they'll cash in on him.
2: Okay, so uh, do you think they'll come? We we're not going to talk about it, are we? In in terms of uh, Zuma being replaced by another centre half.
0: Well, I I we can save that one for a rainy day. I think. Uh, In fact, actually, what we can do, if you want, I mean, this is a good time to plug. it, Actually, well done, J.K. Genius as ever. Um, There's an international break coming up, uh, week after next or Monday after next. But we will be on air. We're going to do another Chelsea fancast Q&A. I've invited all of our usual uh, Chelsea fancasters to come along and join if if they want to. There's no three line whip; it's voluntary as always. But we will open the invite out to our Patreon members can, who can join us uh, in the Zoom room. Uh, and of course, we'll be broadcasting it live on Mixless. so you can all listen to it and ask us questions via the chat room. So there we go. I think it's November the sixteenth. Okay. Um, I'm just going to move this on very quickly. Just cause it, we There's we really... one thing that was oh sorry. What 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 what.
3: Well, I was just going
0: to agree with you. I hope we get Declan Rice. He's been one of my players of the season. Yeah, I, I've got a, I'm have a big Absolutely fan of his. Good player. Good player. Yeah. Right. Uh, we ought to, very quickly, before we, we go to part three, just talk about Pulisic, I think, because um, I think that talent-wise, uh, and I'm based on the fact that I think he had such a good breakthrough season last year... He really started doing the business for us, bearing in mind, you know, we were mourning the loss of Hazard and what a great player he was. Uh, I kind of think that if he can stay fit, I think Pulisic, you know, has the ability to be our best player this season because he's got a head start on Havertz and Ziyech and Werner and these kind of guys. But that's the caveat, isn't it? Can he stay fit? I mean he's just been ruled out again Chidge been ruled out for the next few weeks. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see yeah. that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Breaking news just said that the that it it's a hamstring again. So it's, so it's pinged I, again. I think,
2: yeah, I think he'll be um uh the the break will obviously help him but somebody's then got to get back to fitness again. So I think we're we're thinking about another month now before he possibly uh, returns.
0: That's a huge blow. Yeah. Because I I do think he is absolutely superb. When he's fit, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I just wonder if he's. I mean, you know, once you get start getting hammies going, you know, that's not well, good. We're into Robin territory, we, we? are. Well, and but, um,
2: Michael Owen is, is not is, but the well, I think the thing too is not to to immediately presume that that's the end of a career because Robin's father, I remember the story, um, after he'd been sold by Kenyon, who thought 12 million was a good deal for. Somebody who possibly came one of the best players in the world. Um, yeah. Another, another great Chelsea era. Um, his father then made a big thing about trying to get him as fit as possible and cured it. So I always think these things are uh, obviously if he's got some terrible genetic problem or something or something that is is chronic, then uh, yeah we'd have to rethink. But um, uh, I think it's too early to think in terms of he's got you know a glass hammy. I just think they just need to somehow work it out
0: yeah joe I mean, joe what do you what are you been... sorry tony go on mate genuinely
3: been unlucky yeah uh, hamstring you know is something you can tweak training uh, stretching uh, when the weather's a bit cold it could be any number of things it, it, it doesn't tend to be the kind of injury that 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 recurs um and with the medical people that you've got these days it you know they they they, they, they can pinpoint whether it is and, and what can be done about it but i you know it's just one of those strange ones you know that when it goes it 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 just takes a, a kind of disproportionate amount of time to repair in compared in comparison to um other areas or whatever. So I think he's just unlucky. I, I think he's too early to go down that Robin. Well, I don't, I, don't,
0: I wasn't saying that you know this is the end of his career. I'm just saying that when you start getting hammy in in you know injuries at yeah, a young age it, it needs you're always going to be susceptible to hammy injuries going forward. Well,
3: I I think you're always going to have that that kind of thing. Yeah. Um and it's about managing it, wasn't it? I mean, this was when uh, wasn't this wasn't that one of the reasons? Was it? I can't remember. Was it? Was it? John Barnes was one of the first ones to start playing with cycling shorts, and wasn't it because it
0: yeah. trapped
3: heating and this sort of stuff? And um, you know, it, it just helped try and prevent it. You you may have a a susceptibility to it, but I I, I think in this particular case, it's just bad luck. I, yeah. I, it's way too early to think of it as a a kind of um, uh, an inherent problem that he's got. Um, in in my view, in my view,
0: Joe. Um... Be interesting to hear what you think about Pulisic. I mean, number one, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, I think he is arguably our most talented player. But, you know, number one, do you think this is going to be a problem going forward, injury wise? And and secondly, you know, what 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 is I mean, you know, how's it going to impact us actually? I think is what I would ask you. If we if, if yeah. we if we don't get Pulisic, you know, for if he's coming in and out, you know, during the season, how's that going to impact on us?
1: I think, I mean, touching on the first point, I think there, there was sort of a conscious moment with his game where he, he seemed to decide to just want to be a lot more decisive. You know, if you think of his sort of performances post lockdown, a lot more, lot more sort of uh, shooting, a lot more sort of purposeful dribbling. It's kind of like he made sort of a conscious decision to be a kind of slightly more definitive player. And I think certainly probably from January onwards, but but most importantly during that lockdown period, he was by far I think our best player. I think from a talent standpoint. His ability to score and assist and just be an absolute menace. And his, his directness, I think, is something that we, we massively miss. Um, in terms of injuries, I mean, he's, he's missed 23 games that he could have played since he's been at Chelsea, Whoa. which is a, a big, big number for me. And if you look at someone like Eden Hazard, Hazard in his entire Chelsea career missed 20 games that he could have played um, for injury. So Hazard was here for, what, five five six seasons or whatever. The fact that, that Pudicic has missed 23 matches – and the one thing that concerns me is that he's had a lot of different injuries. I had a quick look on, on one of the, the injury websites. He's he's had a problem in his foot arch. He, had, he missed the game through bruising. He had an abductor tear. He's done his calf. He's done his hamstring. If it was the same thing over and over again, I would be okay. Maybe that's something that we could look at. But the fact that it's a lot of different things is a little bit concerning to me as someone who sort of stopped playing kind of mid, mid-level sort of rugby because of the number of sort of various injuries. Um, I think with him, it's just a question of maybe not being rushed back a little bit too soon. I think Lampard alluded to the fact that maybe they they rushed him back for the Krasnodar game a little bit. Um, just give him the time to fully recover, I think we've seen it with Kante where he's been given a little bit more time to sort of recuperate and not be in the team all the time. that He's benefited from that. I think probably the same with Pulisic. And in terms of how that affects us going forward, I think potentially we'll see more of maybe Giroud and Abraham starting down the middle. And potentially moving to the left wing, but it also potentially opens up opportunities for Hudson-Odoi. Well,
0: I was going to ask you that, actually. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of preempts what I was going to talk about, so let's do it now. Yeah. Uh, is this a real opportunity for hudson Adoy do you think?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it was quite tough for him in the crash the door game because I think he, he largely did okay, but the, the team clicked with the substitutions, and obviously that was when he came off. But he was the difference. Obviously, it was a bit of a scuff shot and went in. I think largely this season i think he's, he's got two goals in about 400 minutes which isn't too bad um but i, I think from from the, the sort of criticisms of lampard the you know sort of the off the ball work, the willingness to make recovery runs i'm actually seeing a lot more from him off the ball now in terms of that defensively sort of willingness and i think if he, if he gets potentially run games in the side particularly from the left-hand side i think from the left-hand side he's a slightly different player than when he plays on the right then hopefully he can start to sort of uh, make a little bit of a a case for himself because when he does play, when he does get opportunities, he does affect the game. I think the West Brom game in particular, when he came on, he was very, very good. Um, I think really sort of impacted that game and helped to sort of secure the draw. But it's difficult when you have guys like Timo Werner, when you have guys like um, Mount, who's obviously been playing ahead of him on the left-hand side as well. I just hope that with the sort of shift in shape, Mount now maybe being more seen as a central midfielder, that uh, Callum gets a little few, few more opportunities because I still think... You know, there's a reason that Bayern Munich is still interested in him. I think he's an incredibly talented player. He's adapting his game. He's still learning about becoming a professional footballer. Just needs to be given the opportunity. So I still think that he will have a a pretty big impact on the season. But as you say, you know, with Pulisic being injured, and potentially, you know, maybe being a player that's a little bit injury prone, it does open the door for someone to try and take that spot on the left-hand side. I, I don't think Werner is the best fit out there because he plays more just like a wide striker. Um yes, yes. yeah, which isn't too bad. In in, an, in, a, an inside forward. Yeah, an old school inside forward, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um which which puts a lot of emphasis on someone like Chiro yeah. to, to, to sort of keep the width, which isn't the worst thing because I think chiro has been fantastic going forward. But um yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Callum gets a little bit of a run on, on that left hand side. Well I, I yeah, hope so. I was a bit I was like, a bit
0: disappointed that he, you know, because I thought I when, when I heard that Pulisic you know a, 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 you know got injured before the the Burnley match i thought oh, right I quickly looked at the bench and saw that hudson adoy was on there and i thought oh oh you know hudson adoy's going to get a game and then i saw Werner start and i thought hmm. you know it tells me that frank it hasn't got 100% faith in him yet jk well can,
2: well, can we be honest about this which is that uh, i don't think that adoy has taken his his chance and i and i hasn't really been want...
0: given a huge one yet
2: well even the two chances that he's been in he, he doesn't and you know, we all want him to succeed because I agree completely. He's clearly a very talented player. Um, as you know, and he took every time he played in the Europa League team before last, he, you could see taking everybody to the cleaners. He'd just beat people and put on lovely crosses and play those little shots, right-footed shots from the left-hand side, which really surprised the keeper. But it's this business of he'll run at somebody and then lay it back, which I just despair of, which is a confidence thing, I think. Which yeah. I, I, th- I think he does. He... You know, he, he he does little telling things like he put in a lovely cross, and nobody's on the end of it. Or indeed, the snapshot he got for the goal—he's very lucky because the goalkeeper was clearly, you know, played for the local pub side, and that's why it ended up in the net. But uh, but but I I I want him to do more every time because I want him to fulfil the potential that we clearly see in him. And it slightly worries me that he he just—I know it's difficult for him. He's coming on as a sub all the time. But you want to see a little bit more going on. You want to see. him skin a few people rather than just a constant thing of running at somebody really quickly and you think come on you've got it you can just take them apart they do it and playing it back you just go oh, come on mate come on this I, I, I want more from you because we can see you've got we've seen you in the past have the potential and I wonder if this is a confidence thing but this I is now, he, an absolutely perfect opportunity for I'm, him I'm
3: 100% certain it's J.K. when you look at Eden Hazard who had it did exactly that he had the speed the pace and when he was running a player he knew that that player was probably shitting himself. Oh, Pulisic did the same last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I think you're right. I th- absolutely think Attenadou. I, I think he's had a couple of knockbacks. Um, he was
2: injured, of course. We mustn't forget that. And of course,
3: and that was a you know it, it wasn't a nice injury either. Um, I'm not saying there are nice injuries, but that one was a you know uh, you know 20 years ago would have been career ending probably. And uh, and I just think he just needs that. Do you know, I wonder. I wonder about this. I wonder how, what Chelsea, as a club, are like with the players' heads. Because RL rumors off his cheek. I think a lot of his issue before he's gone off to Fulham on on loan or whatever was was up here, and confidence. Mm. And he wasn't. He was. He was strolling around, not strutting around. You know, we watched. or watched that game where he was pulled. You know, dragged off. I think in the end. First game like, of
2: the season, wasn't it? First game of the what? season.
3: It was a complete waste of space that game. Yeah, um, he's been handed an opportunity. Right, needed handed two or three opportunities by Frank. Didn't take them, and I think Hudson Odoi probably needs a word in his ear. Or you know, I, do they have a? I don't know, Joe. Might they, know. Do they, they, they do, a as far as, as side, I'm aware. Coach there, or something. Yeah,
0: like I think they do. But Joe, go on. You probably know more <coughs> definitively than me.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so part of the the rehabilitation process, particularly at Chelsea, and I think it's probably reflected a lot of uh, across a lot of Premier League clubs um is is kind of a, a psychologist aspect to it or some 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 sort of not like a sports therapist but like a sports psychologist because it's it's a question of almost uh, you know that, that first challenge that first tackle that first that, that the sort of the mental block of of pulling out of that which every player does um and yeah. sort of being able to sort of mentally prepare yourself and sort of mentally overcome that is such a big issue i think largely actually when you, you think back to someone like the, the manu Matic, that tackle that he had from ashley barnes yeah. That's sort of almost being the kind of the you know the sort of the tipping point of his Chelsea career. He yes. never really mentally recovered from the fact that he almost got his legs snapped in half by someone in a tackle. Then it was always, you know, he still had some good games thereafter, but he wasn't the same dominating player that we saw. I think it's the same with Callum. I think there's there's an element of him maybe needing a, a run of games in the side in which at the, now we have so many good players, it's difficult to justify giving someone you know the run of games to get up to speed. But also the I think you know you're right in terms of the confidence to. To take people on, to use you know use his wonderful dribbling, use his ability to shoot, use his ability to create. Um, you know, I was surprised that in, in many respects he didn't go on loan to build confidence as well. Similar to to Loftus Cheek, I think some of them it's it's a question of game time. But the the mental side of things, I'm not sure. You know, being young players having these huge injuries to overcome, if they have built up that resilience, let's say someone like in their mid twenties or whatever would have, you know, they have the experience to fall back on, etc. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. Thank you, Joe. Some sensible stuff there. I mean, I personally, I, I, as John Jonathan was saying, I absolutely hope desperately that that we see Hudson Odoi blossom into the player that I believe he can be. And I mean, you know, we saw enough last season to realise what a super talent he is. And it could well be an opportunity now. I've got an opportunity for you, lovely people, now, uh, because there are three fantastic Gate Seventeen books available for you to buy to purchase through the Tinternet. Uh, and they are, in no particular order, the wonderful uh, Walter Otten, uh, Let the Salary Decide, uh, which is basically um, a book about Walter's experiences of going to the Champions League uh, semi-final, a uh, second leg against Barcelona and the final against Munich in, two th- in 2012. That's available uh, from Amazon and uh, and Gate 17 at seven ninety five. pounds 95 And uh, then the, our mate Chelsea Chadder, He's got a book out, the Ultimate Chelsea Quiz Book, where, where you have 1,905 or 1905, if you prefer, questions to test your knowledge on the in the blues. I've had a look at this. I, mate, I, I, I'm pretty good at this. I am still the undefeated Chelsea Supporters Trust Quiz Champion, mind you. That's because I have Martin Wickham on my side, but other than that, I'm still I've still got the trophy. I, the, you can probably you, I'm not sure if you boys can quite see it. but It's up there somewhere. Anyway, um. Yeah, but I found it really hard. I, I was struggling with these, Chad. You put some doozies in there. Anyway, Chad's books available for six ninety five dollars uh, in paperback and available worldwide via Amazon. And last but not by no means these uh, two of my favourite people, DJ, Mr. At Only A Pound, and Neil Smith, at Smithy Eastand, have got uh, a book called Tales of the Chelsea Unexpected, which is 40 amazing Chelsea matches against 31 different teams and a series of outcomes, scores, and subsequent events that nobody could ever have predicted and that is also available worldwide uh, from Amazon price £8.95 so there you go get on it people right we are going for a quick break and then we will be back to talk about the Karaznodar and the Rene matches away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Chidge! JK! In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable, the thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. fans
2: real opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening
3: to the Chelsea Football Fancast proper Chelsea.
2: footballfancast.com
0: Welcome back this is the Chelsea Fancast I'm Stanford Chidge and I've got uh, the ever so wonderful uh, one of our favourite people on the Fancast uh, Mr Joe Tweeds with us we've got the lovely Reverend Tony Glover, my old mucker from don't down swell. the road and the Cock Tavern. And of course, the in, in, indomitable, even, even, even if I can say it, the indomitable. Inimitable. The, inimitable. That's actually what I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> inimitable and it came out indomitable. I don't know why. I like
2: indomitable. It means I can't, I can't be quelled, doesn't it really? Yes. That's what it means. <laughs> also say, going back to what JK we before, Cowling. I, and you see JK Cowling. I have actually thought of that Yeah, Something to do with over over cars, isn't it? A cowling, but also JK Gowling, because Alan Gowling played for Manchester United in Bolton. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we got that Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thanks. Lovely to be on the show. Good so to you see
3: older, you. You are You become JK gowling oh, oh,
0: very good. Work. All right, we've got work much work. to discuss. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Um, before well, while I while I pour my Guinness, of course, which is the most important thing in the evening, but um, you know, a quick look back to the Krasnodar game because obviously we we did talk about it uh, on Friday night. Um, I think for me the interesting thing about this, and I, and I kind of hope I hope that this is this is going to pan out. I, I kind of I'll be honest with you, I suspect it won't. But the last time, uh, you know, we saw Chelsea do something I think so significant in a tactical kind of sense. Uh, you know, because basically Frank changed it to 433 and it all clicked and we looked a much better side and it kind of dealt with a lot of the issues that um you know that we feel that we've been having. Last time I saw that was because uh it was I was there actually the Arsenal game where we got absolutely humped 3-0 uh in in the first half and we were dreadful, even Kanté looked crap because we were so exposed by the 442. And then Conte changed it to three-five-two, and then we went on a thirteen-match unbeaten run. Played some of the best football I've seen us play for years, uh, and then we we kind of staggered over the line, didn't we? Really, in that title-winning season, but win the title we did, nevertheless. So, Joe, I wonder if I wonder if you know Frank going to the you know four-three-three at time against Krasnodar that we'll be looking back at the end of the season saying, "Ah, that was the moment it all changed." stoked. <laughs> oh yeah, Bisto. I,
1: I think so. Um, I think sometimes, certainly in football, you know, people love to overcomplicate really what's happening in front of them, you know, the, sort of these 15,000 word sort of dissertation length articles on a formation change. I think that the fact that it was such a, an obvious positive difference and it was so tangible and, and really just completely and utterly sort of you know, transformative in terms of how we, we played that last 20 minutes it was almost like a completely different different team that had sort of, you know, been switched on, that you would have to say, looking at that performance and then obviously following that up with maybe maybe the most complete or one of the most complete performances that Lampard has, has had as a Chelsea manager against Burnley, albeit with the caveat that it is Burnley, that having those kind of back-to-back moments could be certainly a catalyst to, to using this formation going forward. I think, you know, what we've, what we've alluded to earlier and that it, it gets the best players on the pitch, it puts them in their best positions, it gives, it sort of brings balance to the team. We have structure, you know, when we're losing the ball, when we're turning it over, we have people being able to defend it. We are attacking in a bit more of a fluid fashion. All of the positive things that you want to see in a football match sort of happen after the back of the, the change of system. So, you know, you would have to hope, certainly going forward, that Lampard quite clearly has, has acknowledged that and, and tries to, where possible, injuries permitting, form permitting, all the usual things that we, we evaluate, we'll try and pick a, a team that can, can play that style of football as, as close to you know what we've seen in those those two games as, as possible.
0: Did Joe, do Joe do you see a future for for Jorginho
1: going forward? Well, I mean, I think the fact that the club were desperate to sell him in the summer probably suggests no. Um, the links to Declan Rice persist and I think that profile of player it's so opposite to to Jorginho, it's completely polarized in terms of the style of play. I think that there is a I want for almost like a John Obi miquel makaleli type who will just sit, destroy, distribute the ball, you know, obviously be able to to play. Um, But the links are then um, to to Declan Rice. There were some links to a a Swiss player, Dennis Sicario, who is very much similar in that kind of mould. You know, a physical kind of destructive player who's good good at passing and breaking up, but disciplined. I think that 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 kind of style of play and and the physicality and the discipline are things that Jorginho just doesn't have. And they're not things you can learn. You know, I think that one of the key things I noticed in the Burnley game was I think Kante had sort of pushed up, was a little bit out of position, but he was quick enough to make the tactical foul to stop the counter-attack, whereas we see Jorginho maybe gets paid around and then they're straight out of back four. So even, even the really sort of minor things in terms of being able to actually get near someone to kick them is is such a basic component. So I'm not sure really if there is a, if there's a way back, you know, as I said, he probably was looking to be sold in the in the summer they couldn't find a buyer. One of the reasons why they probably didn't end up getting Declan Rice was because they couldn't offload him. Um and I think really now if you look at the sort of the juxtaposition between the two performances, um you know, with and without Jorginho Kovacic or whatever and then the sort of Kanté mount kind of replacement, um I, I, I struggle to see a, a way where he's he's anything other than just someone who feels it at the end of games. Um, and, you know, I think Jonathan made the point earlier that if I think if Chelsea have to rely on him as the lone holding player for a long stretch of games, then we're going to be back sort of at square one in terms of having the, the sort of the, the back four exposed quite continuously, maybe not moving the ball quick enough. Um, yeah, so I, I struggle to see a position where he comes back into, into the fray. By all accounts, he's a fantastic professional. He's fantastic with the younger players. You know, he's incredibly well liked around the ground. But as a player, I think I don't think Chelsea really progress with him if he is a starter in the team for the for the foreseeable future. It's a very very
0: fair point, Joe JK.
2: You know, it doesn't fit the the current philosophy. What I loved about um, the Krasnodar game was that, um, excuse me, we were absolutely dire in the first half, and a part of it was down to Rudiger and Zuma. T-
0: totally right, totally right.
2: bunking the ball around to each other and then passing it back, which you know provides no enthusiasm for. Um, uh, no impetus and uh, and yet Frank changed it so anybody who tries to make out that he is tactically unaware are just completely ridiculous because he clearly knows exactly what he was he knew what he was doing he changed it around and, uh, and and altered it and and the very fact that he's then seen the the how excellent it was and then just replicated that in the uh, uh, in the Burnley game is is you know hats off to him but it makes sense he's a he he's a, a thinking. He's a thinking manager. And, uh... it, you
0: know, I remember last season, JK, this is a, this is the uh, neophyte manager, I thought you'd like that one, uh, who, uh, you're looking confused, you know what that means?
2: No, no, I, I, I'm trying to make a pun if I could make a reference to um, 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 the, uh, what's the film with Ke- Keanu Reeves in, uh, to the, um, uh, um, oh God, it's completely gone. Johnny Wicked.
0: Manomic. Mononic. I can't even say it. Anyway, I'll move on while you're thinking of that. Um, I can't remember what we are going to say now, so Oh I know, yes. The, the, you know, Frank, inexperienced, tactically unaware, you know, yep. naive yep. manager, blah blah blah. But last season he he was uh, you know, um Jose Mourinho didn't beat Chelsea at all. In fact, he beat Spurs twice. Jose Mourinho, one of the best managers in the game, won everything in the game, and uh he did he did pretty well against Pep or Poop Guardiola. Uh, and he did pretty well against Klopp. He beat, he knocked Liverpool out of the uh, the FA Cup. So you know you can't do that unless you know what you're doing tactically. And he and he also made some really interesting tactical changes. I felt last year that enabled us to win. Okay, he's going to get it wrong sometimes. Somebody's going to be somebody's going to out-tactic him occasionally. It happens. But I don't think there's any worries on that score. I just want to return to what you were saying about uh, Rudiger and Zuma. I completely agree, mate. I I, I think you know going back to my slight moan about Zuma not being a natural footballer I would actually say the same about Rudiger they look very similar when they play together you know basically taking five minutes to think about whether they can actually pass the ball five yards they just don't have the uh, neither of them and particularly even worse together I don't think have the footballing ability to make us look secure at the back and I thought thank god for Mendy I mean he it was it was was the Krasnodar game where he poured one away like a like a big lion. It was wonderful. He's kind of big mitt on it and he poured it away. You know, so I have you right there, JK. You know, that they, they don't fill me with a lot of confidence when it's Rudiger and Zuma, but when Silver play, plays with Zuma, I think he makes Zuma a better player. Indeed. But what,
2: what, once again, with a Tomori.
0: Well, God, mate, I know. I mean, maybe Joe knows something about this, but I, I, I think that Tomori has the potential to be our best bloody defender. I'd love to know yeah. what's going on with that. Joe, have you yeah. got any juice on that?
1: I mean, it, it's it's a tricky one because th- there was certainly some whispers around sort of training performances sort of the turn of the year. Um, I mean, I, I think with Tamori, that the the upside you know that he brings in terms of his his pure athleticism and his aggression, I think having someone like him with with Silva would have been an interesting combination because for all of you know, maybe Tomori has some some thoughts in terms of his, his distribution and things of that nature, you can make the very, very same point against Kurt Ziem when you can make it against Antonio Rudiger as well. I mean, the, the one the one academy player that would be interesting for me in the future, sort of just moving on from, from a Tomori a little bit, would be Mark Gerhey at Swansea. Yes, has been absolutely, astonishingly good this season and has, I think, all of the physical skill set that someone like Tomori has, but he's excellent on the ball. So I think he's someone to, to potentially keep an eye on in the future. But I, I agree with, with the Tamori point. I still think back to the Liverpool game where I think Mohamed Salah was sort of sprinting down the, the sideline and Tomori almost like jogged and caught up with him, which I yeah. hadn't seen before. So having that level of, of pace in the team, I still think he's still pretty decent on the ball as well. Yeah. But I mean, there must be something that has gone on potentially to, to kind of you know that, negate his, his effect in the team. Because he was another player who was quite close to leaving on loan in the, in the summer that didn't quite sort of make it out of the door as well. Yeah. And yet last season Frank Frank made a very big point at the beginning of last season in his
3: first few games where we had Tamori and Zuma because everyone else was injured. Yeah. And they were they looked like a good solid pairing. Yeah, agree. You know, they, they they did very little wrong or whatever. And he made some big points about you know, Fico Tamori was gonna be a big player for Chelsea. He did it with Reese James as well. He had yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, all of it, yeah. the, the PR stuff going well. Uh, and, and that's why I'm i I'm like Everyone else, I'm a bit bemused by it because yeah. Yeah. I never saw Tamori make any real howlers. To be fair, I don't think on their own. Like you know, we, we've had this lack of understanding at the back. Maybe that silver can come in and uh, you know, you know. For me, silver has to be a, a, a kind of plaster over this, while whilst everything gets worked on in the back and, and whilst we build something. Might bemused. get
0: another year out of him if we're lucky. I reckon. Precisely.
3: Precisely. He's not one for the future, but the experience is invaluable.
0: Oh, Jackie right.
2: Blanchflower played for Arsenal well into his forties.
0: When was that? 1903 or something? In
2: 1952, 53,
0: yeah. I think. Yes.
3: I, I just, I just really want Tamori. You know, and and, I mean, we, we'd heard, I think, you know, from even pre pre COVID that there were uh, that there'd been some differences of opinion on the training ground and, and a bit of an attitude problem, or you know, a bit of a. Big time Billy attitude from Tamori. girls.
2: Girls, I heard it was about yeah, girls.
3: Know? And I, I mean, I mean, look, young young men with lots of money are going to go out and shag around. But but pretty Tony, pretty Tony,
0: more, the, the little other little thing, a bit more open about it. That's the all, the other know. thing about Tamori though, and I and I've heard the same thing. He had he was dating some some girl off Love Island, wasn't he, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's the whole celeb type thing. But here's the thing: Tamori is a highly intelligent lad. Yes, he is. He's studying for, a. he's either got a degree or he's studying for a degree. This is not yeah. some, you know, kid out of the gutter who's like man. suddenly spunking all of his money up the wall, literally and metaphorically. This man. is a bright young man. This is what I don't understand. Making the intellectual choice to shag. Yes. Well, it that's always an intellectual up. choice for some of us, J.K. I
3: kind of hope that maybe it's just young man phase, you know, um, <laughs> sowing some wild oats or whatever, and that oh. actually someone somewhere will, will be having a, a word in his shell like that will eventually get through and say, listen, you've got all of this. And and to be fair, that is Frank. <laughs> sorry, it's just very odd that, you know, it's, it's interesting that he's come up. And we've had this same thing with Joe saying, you know, what he said. And that's saying, well, with Alden we, we looked at the, the fact that Frank... Put a lot of stuff. He bought him back from Derby. When well, let's be fair, but quite a, lot, year. quite a lot of us had never heard of him. I didn't even know he was a Chelsea player until he came back to Chelsea. You know, and 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 and, and But what I've seen of him and the athleticism, I think, is a is a, is a very key point. You know, so maybe yeah, maybe that maybe they're keeping their powder dryness. Let's hope so.
2: Can they get Gehi back from uh, from Swansea?
1: Is he on there for a year, Joe? Do you know? I think from from memory there was a there's a recall option if he doesn't play a certain percentage of like available minutes or something like All that. Right. But at the moment he he's he's starting every single week. So and I also think it would be be tricky to bring him back at the moment just because he's playing so well that you you yeah. want to you want to let him build on the whole adult football thing. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah.
0: All very mysterious. I desperately again, you know, he's one of these youngsters. I de- I mean, you know, this this is the thing. You know, we, we, it's a bit like we've been, you know, uh, kind of teased a little bit. You know, flirted with. We've seen all these youngsters come through last year. So, you know, I mean, I know Joe, Joe is a real expert on the youth and watches a lot of the youth football, unlike me. I'm a bit of a glory hunter when it comes to the youth. I tend to turn up to the semi-final or the final when we used to be able to go, and that would be about it. But we saw all of the, a lot of them break through last year. So we've seen how good they are, and we've seen how good a lot of them are becoming, you know, with, with experience in the Premier League. So to, to see... I mean, I thought Tomori, when he played for us last year, was, was superb a lot of the time. Scored some great goals as well. You know, you think, well, yeah, push on, mate. You know, push on. And, and then suddenly nothing. And it's very frustrating. I desperately want to see him succeed. Um, I also desperately want to see Chelsea succeed to succeed on Wednesday night against Arena, Jonathan. Oh, thank you very much. Arena. Uh, yeah, very good. Rennes. And they're Bretons,
2: aren't they? Well, they would be, being in Rennes.
0: Yeah, they speak Cornish.
2: They do. Well, they speak French with a Cornish accent. That's
0: right. Do they like pasties and
2: cluttered cream? J'aime les pasties. J'aime les pasty, J'aime
0: les pasties. Et la bière. a la cidre, Oui, les cidres. Les cidres, oui. La bière douce. Sweet beer. Bretons, mate. So, we, yeah. yeah, I mean next, next. Should, should I tell you a little bit about Ren other than the fact they like, I'd like pasties I'd and like clutter? Yeah, because yeah, okay. I'm
2: I'm I'm an ignoramus not having watched well,
0: them. Well, I love. I'm I'm I've to be very careful how I say what I say now because I knowing Joe, he probably knows everything about them and has watched them for the last 3 seasons, but hey ho. Uh what <laughs> I found out on Wikipedia today. No, no, I didn't go to Wikipedia, but they they're currently third in the uh, in league urn. Uh uh they've won two, drawn two and lost one. So fairly mixed. In the Champions League, they've been singularly unimpressive, I have to say. Well, I don't know. It's an interesting one. The one one draw at home uh against Karas I think would have been disappointing for Wren. Uh and if they were unluck they were lucky to to not lose that game. Uh they they lost one nil away to Severe. Now I actually thought Severe were a handy side. So only losing one nil to Sevilla, you could say, Well, that was probably quite a good good Effort, although I didn't see it, so I don't know. I mean, the bottom line is it's their debut in the Champions League. They, they've never really done much. Um, you know, they've they've kind of I think they've won the 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 F the French FA Cup a few times, but they've never really got. This is the best they've ever done in the in the league uh, to qualify for the Champions League. Um, you know, they produced a couple of good players occasionally, but Sylvain Wiltord, Usa uh, U- 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 Dembele is another one. But you know, this is a team. This is a team we should be beating tomorrow night at home. Tony?
3: I, I, I agree. Let's face it. If you're in a French football team, you're in a league of everybody but PSG at the moment, aren't you? Mm. Right. Everyone else is just playing for whatever spots are available below PSG with all the money they've got to chuck around. I mean, even um, you know, even seasoned French teams like Monaco and that don't seem to have the pockets that, well, Let's face it. Who has got the pockets? I mean, even City might struggle to keep up with PSG in terms of depth of pocket. Um, and so you're always I, you know, you're in danger of thinking that you're playing a team that actually probably would struggle in in the first in, in the championship, um, or would you know would be a contender in the championship and, and wouldn't last ten minutes in the in the Prem. Um, I think that's a slightly dangerous. Actually, we should beat them, um, but do you know what the the, the, what the biggest fear for me is she the unknown because this is one of these teams that you know well, you, you would either have thought, show too much you respect would have thought too, mendy yeah, will know a lot about them yeah you you, you either, yeah exactly you either show too much respect and, uh, and, uh, and and don't play to your full potential or you don't show them enough respect and you get bitten on the arse. and um uh, as much as I as much as I like to think we breeze through it. Um, you know, we are Chelsea and you know, we can make a mountain out of the, the, the smallest frigging molehill that, that you could ever find. Um, you know, on paper I think we should win. Um in reality, no fans. Um I don't know. I, I think it'll I, do you know, all of these early Champions League games uh, well, I know Krasnodar was, was was. I thought the whole game was good. I'm not quite as downbeat about the first half as everybody else. But um, I, I, they're not they're not exciting, are they? They are. They, they're not about the performance, are they? They're about the result. So I'm expecting at best, you know, a, a, a shitty one nil, really.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and ultimately, look, you know, it's all so about. That's obviously, yeah, but it, it, yeah, it's all about getting through, isn't it? You know, yes. always, always is, always is. Um, I think there's some interesting team uh, selection issues, really, for this one, J.K. I mean, you know, one of the things that's that's peculiar to this season uh, is the, you know, the rapidity of the matches uh, that we're, you know that we're having to play. I mean, two big matches. I mean, I know this happens a lot towards the end of the season, but from the get-go to be playing, it's a bit like playing in the championship in a way, you know, two games a week. With very little pre-season, it's tough on the players. It really, really is. And it's also tough on the training ground because they don't have a lot of time to work things out. So I think that makes me inclined to think that, um, you know, we're likely to rotate a little bit. We know Pulisic won't be playing J.K., I would like to see Silver start, but I wonder if he will. I wonder as
2: well. I wonder as well. Um, um,
0: I absolutely would love us to play 4-3-3 still, but of course that means you've got to play Kante Mountain Havertz. And I wonder if he might want to... I mean, you see, it's a really... I don't think he'll try and rest
2: them. I think, I think he'll give Zayac a game just because he hasn't been playing very much. Um, uh, it's a question of whether he gives Giroud a go. Um, who I thought looked fine when he came on at the weekend, scored a good goal. Good yeah. goal. unfortunately, he was just, his foot was offside. Yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm such a big fan of Giroud. I just, yeah. um, I, uh, you know, I, I he's pretty I unfortunate that he's not as mobile, so he doesn't figure. And I thought, as I said, I thought Abraham was excellent, um, set up a set up Zach's goal and just looked really fluid in a way fitted in he fits in very well to quick passing Abraham goal gets a bit too laborious it, he's slightly off the pace doesn't run I thought he was he was running very well as well I was I was just impressed I thought well, he's yes yeah, he's which is considering they're not getting much time to train I think they've 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 done well in certain areas but it's a tricky one isn't it because if I personally think if he was to play 4-3-3 and play the same team that played at the weekend we'd beat them 4 or 5 nil because I think they're they're poor and uh, as Krasnodar are poor, I think we're in we're in we're in um, Europa League territory here. But if he has to make changes, uh, I suspect that he might start off with a weaker side and just see how it goes, and then bring the bring the stars in again as it goes on. Bring the quicker players in, and we might then take them to the cleaners again. I don't think we're going to lose. Yeah. I just think think it's dependent on once again the the initial uh, um, the the uh, the components of the side early on. Um, but because I, I think he may give Dave a go uh, um, and rest, rest James. James and um, um, I don't know whether Chilwell becomes somebody who he thinks needs a rest because Chilwell has looked looked unbelievably energetic in every game or whether well, you he's then
0: also play- coming back from an injury too so
2: yeah, yeah so whether you play. I think Alonso pissed to have gone down the picking order yeah, the well, no, no no
0: no hang on no he, he he was banned for 3 games from oh, the Champions League. Of course he League. was. Yeah. Is he
2: still banned for tonight. No, he, he
0: I think he's 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 I think he'll, he'll he's able to play again because he he missed, he missed the last game against Bayern. Of We've, course. Uh, we played uh, Krasnodar and Sevilla, so that would be yeah, his 3 game ban done. So he,
2: he might get in, he yeah. might get in. Um uh but I think I think it'll be a um I think Kante might get a game just for holding it together. I just depending on whether well, it's it's just slightly worrying whether Kovacic and, and Jorginho get on. I don't know. I, with all these things, it's dependent on who he plays. You know, the reason that I prophesied that we'd win 3-0, three, three nil, I, said, I said, rather than 4-0, because I presumed that he would maintain yeah, but the 4-3-3. Three, three. But, you know, I, I, I fear that if he doesn't maintain 4-3-3 three, three, or he doesn't play the same players, as we were talking about, um, it's tricky for them to maintain the impetus. So I think he'll... He'll play a week side, but put them all on the bench. And if things don't go well, he'll slowly, slowly but surely bring them well, on. Bring it's him on.
0: interesting. I, I think that... Um, I think what Frank is having to do is he's having to assess it, you know, because, that, as I said, they don't have as much time training as they normally would. Uh, you know, they're playing two games a week. So I think he's really seeing who's who's blowing out their ass at the moment. And if if you look a little bit like you are, then you get benched. I think I think that's... And also managing people coming back from injury. I think he's got quite a hard job on his hands, actually, at the moment. Um, having said that, I do think it's important, uh, as we all know, we've been in and around the Champions League for long enough. You know, you need to get the job done in the first half. So as what I mean by that is the first three, four games, you want to really kind of basically get yourself qualified by then because that's when you can start tinkering around and fanning about, because you're basically going to qualify. What you don't want is to scratch around for the first three or four games and then having to really pull out all the stops to qualify in the last couple of matches. Uh, but there you go. Joe, I'm, I'd be interested to hear what you think all about all of that. I mean, you know, Ren are not a bad side per se. I mean, they're they a couple of interesting transfers. They've got uh, Enrique Delbert from Inter. And they've got uh, Daniel Rugani from Juventus in over the summer. But how can you not love a team who've got a player called Brandon Soppy? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's very true. Very, very true. Um, I mean, I think maybe one of the only things to to really point out, to add to what other people have said, uh, they have a, a guy in midfield called Eduardo Camavinga, who is, by anyone who really kind of watches youth football or has any passing interest in French football, he's being sort of touted as sort of the next Mbappe-level kind of talent. He's a guy that I would absolutely love Chelsea to, to go and buy as being with Real Madrid, etc. Um, I think he's a number 10. He plays as sort of a boxer-box midfielder, has played as a defensive midfielder. I think he's about 17, 18, very, very young players. So I'm interested to see how he fares against Chelsea. Um, and in terms of, sort of Ren, yeah, I mean, their sort of main real way of attacking is they like to play on the counter and they're pretty good at set pieces. So depending on which, uh, which sort of Chelsea personnel were picked, that can either work for us or against us. You know, if we have the uh, the this, this sort of the the the, the Jovicich kind of midfield pivot plays, then being counted is, is quite a big possibility. That's how, uh, Rennes seem to score a lot of their goals. Um, and if Kepa is given a run out, I'm not sure what he would be, but let's just say he is. Is his, sho- is his the...
0: shoulder still uh, causing him jit? Hopefully,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's cruel. Um, but but for, for, from set pieces, I mean, I think Silva has has kind of. I think most surprisingly, considering he's this sort of very cultured centre-half, he's actually amazing in the air and he quite likes sort of kind of getting amongst it. So I think the, the defensive set pieces and just, just watching how they counter-attack, that, that's really my only big concerns. But for, for anyone who's sort of interested, the the Inga guy is is certainly a player that I think is, is very talented and, and maybe, again, maybe one to, to watch in the match.
0: Well, indeed. I mean, they, you know, Stephen Nzonzi is another player we might have uh, heard of before. Um and it's Brandon Soppy so uh, obviously a nod to London is Blue Podcast there Joe yeah (laughs) I'm sure he's probably figured that out dear old Brandon and I know they listen so I hope you're all well boys Uh, you are are a professional outfit to our bunch of drunken amateurs mate but uh, love you as we do they've got some other interesting I I noticed another here we go they've got a forward called Martin Terrier I bet he's a bit of a Terrier (laughs) yeah okay I'll keep him coming no no I think that's it it's going to be really interesting. It always is. Uh, I, I think, you know, for me, what what is, dare I say it, quite novel, really. I mean, we had all these years where we kind of, a bit like the league, we knew what to expect from the Champions League, in a sense. And actually, we kind of knew what to expect in recent years, too, where we would flatter to deceive and then get booted out in the round of 16. We're on a lovely journey at the moment because we're on a journey with Frank as he negotiates his way through the Champions League to see if we can get better it's almost like a reset going back to the late 90s when we first started getting in there to see what it's like but of course fundamentally very different because you know in the late 90s we had very experienced players a lot of European players this time we've got a lot of these young English kids and I think it's I'm enjoying it for the novelty of it you know I mean I don't expect us to win it you know when Raymond, Raymond came in, we all knew that was the Holy Grail. We expected to win it sooner or later, and we did. And you know that was different. I don't expect to win now. It's just I think it's just really it's quite it, it's an interesting distraction for me. But don't you moment. love
2: the trajectory change? Trajectory, it,
0: yeah, the, the trajectory.
2: Trajectory, of the way, uh, yes, trajectory. The
0: way that <laughs> no, I have had a Guinness uh, or two, so <laughs> I mean, you know,
2: <laughs> so, no, the fact that it's improving. Yes, I do, and we're seeing it improve. And it's uh, it's giving the lie to the idiocy of someone like uh, um, Gary Neville saying at the beginning of the season after two games. Well, I can't see it myself. Can't see them doing it. That's dreadful. They're dreadful. You know. That's it. They spent all this money, and they're, oh, that's dreadful. Oh, not not analysing exactly the idiocy of making that kind of remark. But it's that's why we're so attached to it, is because we 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 see the progress that they're making, and and it's. It's gradual, and we're 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 interlaced with that emotionally because we want them all to do so well, and we see what Frank. And also, I think that is aided by, of course, Frank being the boss. I think that's what that really helps us is that he is uh, he's such a um, uh, um, a believable, lovable um, figure, player, brilliant player for us. We want him to do well. We want the team to do well. Roman has invested in this in these six excellent players. And we want, uh, and there may be more. And we want um, Frank to to hoist them to success along with it. So he has his own success from it, being a a completely new manager, being never having done it. We want him to succeed as he did as a player, and we want them to succeed. So it's a it's a really excellent journey for us.
0: Right, nail your colours to the mask. Did you say three one? Who was that? You.
2: Me? No, no, no. Four 0
0: Four nil. Four nil to J K. Tony. You said, you said one nil, Joe. Uh, two nil. Uh yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go three nil. I'll split the difference. If Mendy starts, three nil. Okay. Yes, so there you go. it's dependent
2: once again on the team he plays. This I is think the trouble. Yeah, this is the yeah. trouble.
0: But I'm going to go three nil. I mean, if if, if you know, if, if if Mendy starts, I think you know, I, I such a good keeper. Anyway, right. Um. We're going to go for another break in a second. Then when we come back, we've got loads of emails to uh, read out. And then we're going to wrap up. So a quick fire round of emails. Before we do, a little bit of charity promotion. I like a bit of charity <laughs> promotion for our lovely, dear, dear friend, Alex. Not not charity for Alex. She doesn't need any charity. Uh, but she does a brilliant job every Christmas by raising lots of money uh, to buy toys for kids who have been, uh, in, you know, basically involved in families that have suffered domestic violence, which is a very terrible thing. Uh, Kids do not deserve uh, the consequences of that. And she basically goes around, raises loads of money, gets them all Christmas presents, so that at least they have a, a present for Christmas, which is a lovely idea. I would love to give you the Facebook link. She only ever Kimwell puts it on Facebook, which a lot of people don't do, and the links are impossible to read out. What I suggest you do, if you follow her on Twitter, at CFCGWLB, Uh, just you know send her a message or tweet her and say how do I how do I donate to your domestic violence uh, child victim present fund and she will tell you alternatively just go to if you are on Facebook just kind of put in the search domestic violence child victim present fund and then do do some good uh, for some very very hardly done by kids this Christmas and uh, and uh, also contribute to Alex not Ragging me on WhatsApp, uh, consequently saying, Get on it, chidge, you lazy sod. But she'd be quite right. Right, we'll be back in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football fancast.com. right welcome back uh this is the chelsea fan cast with me and joe tweeds and jonathan Kidd and tony glover and a lovely cool pint of guinness that's come out from my my be- my new beer fridge tony which is uh, oh. a, a thing of wonder
3: that, that's, it's on my list of
0: things on my in my office i can even reach it from my chair yeah it's wonderful yeah,
3: i've got one It's in the utility room which means i've got to get up and walk yeah I, and I don't i, I don't even Yes, yeah. that's,
0: that's you know that's just not good. It's not, like not. like monitor, minority report, but better. I don't have to move <laughs> to go and get my beer. So there we go. Right, it's now time for our emails. We have loads, loads this week. Um, I mean, if, if Dean's listening, if this isn't the email of the week, uh, you're fired, Dean. It's that simple. Uh, but Jonathan, you've got the first one from a very dear old friend of ours, James Copper. Who we've, James known, we've known dear James. We've known James. We've known James since we've started this show. He's a lovely, lovely lad.
2: James Coppert, Dear Chidge, Johnny the Kid, I love it, it makes me feel like some kind of 1950s Soho crook, Johnny the Kid and the fancast posse. Let me begin as always, this is beautifully written, by the way, with an incredible amount of gratitude for the time and effort you put into providing the, this immense, I've read that really badly, let me begin as always with an incredible amount of gratitude for the time and effort you put into providing this immense platform. I will continue to say it. It means the world to me and so many others. Thank you so much, James. It's lovely. No matter what's going on outside, when the show arrives, it's a familiar anchor of Chelsea community within our week. In times like this, where we're often confined inside our four walls, it allows us to still feel connected to our tribe. And thank goodness that at the moment I've never felt such a sense of anomie as, how t- I in- as to how I interpret what is happening on field to what the media and social media are reporting. I'm bewildered and mystified and beginning to question, is it actually I, whom is wrong? He said, whom? James, I love you, whom is wrong? I sense a huge loss of perspective in the job Lampard is doing. To illustrate why, let me try and word the raw reality of this situation. I want you to think back to last season where we needed a new manager. At the same time as needing said manager, we were also in desperate need of new players, losing many to end of contracts, older age brackets, or simply a sense that they're just not quite good enough. Despite these momentous issues, we also had a transfer ban in place. As such, purchasing the new players we so desperately needed was not a possibility. And we also lost one of the world's greatest footballers who could win games on his own. Therefore, we were going to have to use academy players. Academy players with little or no starts for the club or even having any Premier League experience whatsoever. This is a very difficult prospect for even the world's greatest manager to step into, taking a very brave one at that, to even consider such a task, a task which has the potential to destroy a career if they got it wrong. Now, for the purpose of illustration, if the listener can, just for a moment, suspend the fact this is Frank Lampard who took on this momentous task and instead Imagine some faceless manager. I will try and explain my point. If I had approached any Chelsea supporter before last season and said, how about getting a young, inexperienced manager in? A manager with one year's management experience who's never even managed in the Premier League but got their championship team to 6 let Let's get this guy in to manage Chelsea in this season where we have a transfer ban, etc. I would even hazard a guess that if anyone was honest, they would expect this one year experienced championship manager to be in a relegation battle or worse. Even with the best manager in the world coming into a club, losing their star player with a transfer ban and squad full of inexperienced academy players, etc, etc, I would expect them to reach mid-table and even then think they'd done a fairly decent job in getting there. Why then did we hold so much expectation and hope for much more than this? It's because this manager wasn't a faceless manager. This manager was Frank Lampard. On paper, statistically, our greatest ever player without argument. A player who's had the Lion Badge engraved onto their heart. They wore the badge there that many times. A player whom even amongst our most bitter enemies holds absolute respect as a player and as a man. This manager is Frank Lampard, a winner and a champion, back in the home where he was a winner and a champion. That name alone took us from the belief that a completely inexperienced manager would have a fighting relegation. Instead, believing he could take a team with academy players and qualify for the Champions League belonging to the biggest clubs in the world. It was one of the enormous and most unlikely of incredible feats, which in my eyes rivals Leicester, winning the league. Despite this, even amongst the most loyal of Chelsea supporters, the man didn't get the credit he deserved. Precisely because he was winning and succeeding, we just expected him to continue doing so instead of looking at the situation holistically. Frank achieved the unachievable and finished fourth. Now, you can't just sit on your laurels in football. You're judged by your last game. And even by these standards, should we read most of the junk written by journalists and so-called supporters, you would think we're bottom of the table and all hope is lost. We just went to Manchester United, arguably the biggest football club in the world, and kept a clean sheet, earning a point from a defence that previously needed to improve. Without important blocks from Silva and world-class saves from Mendy, we may not have not have got that clean sheet or the point. Two players Frank brought in to resolve the issues which caused us to lose previous games. That is progress. That is looking at what isn't working, finding a solution and putting it to practice. It is what a good manager does. In fact, had the referee and VAR done its job properly, it would be unlikely. Jorginho misses his penalty. We would have earned and it's a game one. Three points. I got the impression that the, let's call them fans, not supporters, would have preferred us to play all out attacking, exciting football and score a few goals but lose by a few more and had no points instead. Let us remember, this is also a new squad with many new players. All you have to do is look at, look to the likes of Tottenham after Bale's exit and QPR to see that splashing the cash and getting a load of new players together with no chemistry from game time and expect them to hit the ground running and win doesn't work. Unless you have a strong solid leader at the helm to make that difference in gluing it all together. I wrote an article last season when we appointed Lampard, and in it, I predicted we would finish 10th in the league due to the boat we were sailing in. I think we all did, didn't we, Chidge? I would have been happy with that as long as the following season I saw progression. Instead, I saw Champions League qualification in Frank Lampard's second season as a professional manager, and thank my lucky stars, Roman took a gamble on him. We had no preseason. We have a bunch of new players finding their feet, finding their new league and finding out how their teammates play. And it all seems to be beginning to work. We are not losing now. We are growing in confidence and I can see the upward climb start to happen. Why the fuck then do I keep reading that Lampard's in trouble? Have I entered the Twilight Zone or is my club just supported by fickle, self entitled, spoilt little shits with no sense of loyalty? Who believe, whom, I'm sorry, believe the crap peddled by clickbait news articles? Maybe it's me that just hasn't us that haven't a clue and all of them are actually right. Hope we can get back in the stadium soon, just so I can sing Frank's name in thanks and honour for the job he's doing, as well as watch this team find their feet and become one of the greatest sides in Chelsea's history, just as their manager was. I think Frank has shown he's someone to be believed in and celebrated. We should be praising the ground he walks on, not sniping him on social media. If he can get us qualifying for Champions League in last season's dire situation, what can he do when he's given time to embed his philosophy and create the Lampard era of Chelsea FC? I feel extremely excited and wouldn't swap the man with any other manager I could think of in any league in the world. This isn't a mercenary. This is someone who keeps the blue flag flying high, just like us. So please, people, like Chidge says, ignore the journalists gaslighting you and look at this situation holistically. Because if you do, you start to feel very lucky indeed. Sorry for the rant. I needed to vent. Much love to each and every one of you. James Coppert. Very good. And I think love is the essential thing to take from that. He loves the team. He loves the show, which I think is fabulous, and that's beautifully argued and, and absolutely correct, of course, absolutely spot on, James.
0: And James is also one of the nicest, whoops, the nicest people you'll meet in the Chelsea community. And I think what a brilliant email. I, do you know what? I I I I know I can get I can I I will send that to somebody who can get that in front of Frank Lampard.
2: Yeah, definitely wonderful.
0: Because I think it's just so well put. And it it just sums it all up written, yeah, it's beautifully, beautifully written i i will I will send that to somebody who can get that in front of frank lampard james because i uh... love the,
3: I love that phrase, or well, is my club just supported by fickle self entitled sports. <laughs> yeah <laughs> There you go. There's a bigger answer to that one. Now I'm not going to. I'm not.
2: He uses the word anime, Judge. He used the word anime. He he used did. The word anime I know. Be, I, I, I don't know what that means. Of, lack of the usual social or ethical standards in an individual.
0: Or well, he's done me like a kipper there, mate. Uh, now yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to interrupt Joe because I know Joe's watching the Chelsea youth playing at the moment. But uh, don't go anywhere, Joe, because you're getting a name check in the next email, <clears throat> <clears throat> which is from the lovely. Alex Davidson, our mate in Boston. He says, Hey, Chidge, Kiddo, and Exalted Elders. I don't think Joe will be happy about that, but Tony will have to lump it. Uh, One, hate the unfinished palace kit that Chelsea wore in Russia. They look so much better in all white. Two, Big Ed bossed his goal mouth. I hope Kipper was watching. Ed does not wait for shots to rein in, he intercepts the cross and snuffs out the danger. Inspiring confidence in his defenders. Three, Krasnodar were actually not a bad side. They certainly did not lie down and play dead. Four, to the Whinging Pillocks. Now that sounds like a great name for a band, doesn't it, JK? Mm -hmm. I'd love it. The Whinging Pillocks. Pillocks, So, four, to the Whinging Pillocks. Wasn't it a terrible game? Chelsea only won 4 0. The goals were not balletic. Werner did not send the keeper the wrong way enough. I didn't like Frank's sweater. The grass was too green. Russia is a naff country. Now I have to brush the prawn cocktail flavoured crisps off the pajamas I wear all day so so I can log on to Twitter and share my tieser fueled, well considered views with the rest of the I need a I need a page turner, don't I, JK? You do, w- you with do, the you rest do, of do. the
2: keyboard warriors. Somebody standing there just to turn the page yes.
0: I pay quite well, you know, one P a page. That's fair enough, isn't it? They could wear very little. They could. I could get... No, no, don't take me down that alley. I'll get taken off air. Right, five. Management wishes to state that it does not necessarily agree with the views expressed in item four and takes no responsibility for said views and possible unintended consequences. However, management would also like to state that it enjoyed a drop of tizer when it was a child and believes it can be included in a healthy lifestyle. Uh, right, I'm I'm volunteering to walk the virtual plank. I have brought the fancast into disrepute. It's a straight red. I neglected to hail Joe Tweedy in my salute to honoured guest guest sir in my last correspondence. I shall have to carry that burden for the rest of my days.
2: And Dean Mears.
0: And Dean Mears, yeah. And and Dane, did he miss Dane off? Uh,
2: I think he did. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think the bit the big. I mean, no offence to Dane and Dean. Because they're fairly recent additions, but missing Joe off is sacrilegious. A can't point. be doing with that I mean I poor old Joe, I mean Joe and I go back a long way. you know he had to suffer suffer my inanity, drunken inanities from gate seventeen for many. No wonder he buggered off to bloody Denmark i can't now i can now I understand why anyway uh so where was I? Yes, he's going to carry that burden for missing you off the the roll of honour last week, Joe, for the rest of his days, speaking of disgraces, calamity kipper has been relieved of his duties. Bendy, Bendy Eddie Mendy is the real article. He owns his penalty area. That is what a keeper should do, and he makes the saves that mean 20 points a season don't just evaporate. Meanwhile, Mr Silver has been class. He does what it says on the tin. Reese James can defend. Zuma provides a physical presence that Christensen never could. Chilwell continues to be Chilwell. No worries there. As a result, the defence looks resolute and fit for purpose. Dare I say, a quiet confidence exudes. Next, I want to deal with the whinging pillocks again. Banging on that Frank is out of his depth. First, that's Mr Lampard to you. Second, you witnessed an assured performance versus a canny <coughs> Spanish Spanish outfit. Point earned. Proceed with confidence. Then another point earned against a perennial rival who just so happened to get a result against last season's Champions League runner-up. Existential crisis nipped in the bud. Now shut it. Last, bravo to Ross Barkley. He's found a good foster home. His new team have put him to good use. He has certainly helped them raise their game. I could not be more chuffed for him. And if the move became permanent, I would wish him well. He tried his best for Chelsea. I thank him for that. That leaves yet another thank you to Chidge Kiddo and assorted sor- honoured guests. I receive each fancast with glee, like a slice of home I can't do without. Up the chels, cheers, Al Alistair Cook from Easty. There you go, great email, mate. Thank you, lovely to hear from you. And well, Joe, Joe, have you me. got a um, have you got a response to being missed off the roll of honour?
1: It's uh, it's fine. I don't hold grudges. You're such so a lovely man. i will be magnanimous.
0: You are such a lovely man. Honestly, we're, we're 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 you know, you're too good for us, mate. That's for sure. JK, um, can I just read
2: something from Dave Brass very quick? Always,
0: because I love Dave Brass Even though he's whipping Dave Debrass is whipping my ass in the Premier League predictions league that we have. Hey, Jonathan, Chidge asked me to send this to you as he hates Barry Manilow. <laughs> That's right, I remember now.
2: And refused, <laughs> refuses to sing it. Said to ask you to sing this on the next fan cast to the tune of Mandy by Barry Manilow. I'd like you all to join in if you could. No, fuck Joe off. Tony, okay, no, fuck off. He goes, oh <laughs> Oh Mendy your arms and your legs are so bendy Then you came to the Chelsea cause you're trendy. Oh Mendy you stopped our defenders from shaking Now a title onslaught will start making. Next, thank you.
0: Um uh, before you do that, I, I, I yeah. can find uh because you know D- Dave's in our Discord group with the Prem Predictions League right which oh. you, you have all been invited to uh, he said Chidge and Kiddo can you please sing this on the fancast please to the tune of Mandy by Barry Manilow blah blah and I replied instantly no because I hate Barry Manilow and then I said Dave you can send it to JK and he can embarrass himself if he wants
2: did I did I embarrass myself
0: I, uh, I, I uh. couldn't possibly be the judge of that could I <laughs>
2: It was the wrong key. I should have read it much more.
0: Oh, man. No, no, no. no! Move, move, move on. I, Next. I wasn't going to
2: sing it again. I was just telling you it could have been in a better key. Um, Leo um, or, Mavers, Or even, low. oh, man. Um, yes. Well done, Dave, by the way. Well done, mate. Well done. I, I love these things because they'll never, ever get sung by anybody on the terraces ever. Not because of COVID, just because they just don't have any imagination. It'll be something like, oh Mendy, Mandy, 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 or something. It'll just be something, you know. That, um, show us your mendies. Yeah, something, yeah, like that. It'll be, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandy, Something yes. Anyway, sorry. Um uh, Leo Mavers, dear Chidge and everyone, I've been listening to your brilliant podcast. Oh Leo love you for the last five years now and even listen to three other podcasts about chelsea every week but always yours first before the others mate we love you i hated football as a kid had no interest in it until my midlife crisis about 20 years ago when traveling around the world i met some pompey fans in thailand remember they were once in the premier league and they dragged me to all the bars to watch football somehow i got hooked And as my favourite colour is blue and as a spotty teenager spent my weekends trying to pose along the King's Road in my mini city, I decided to support Chelsea. I remember a year later, Roman came along and the rest is history. So you had to put up with Ranieri, you poor man. My eight-year-old son was recently signed by our local Premier League club's academy, not Chelsea, on the south coast where I moved from London Due to COVID, we're not allowed to watch him training or at matches, apparently, due to the risk to the first team who train at the same ground. So hours and hours of travelling a week and little enjoyment from my end, although we do get to see him on, on video after the match. He's always been a Chelsea fan, although I've tried to push him to be a fan of his new club. But he always comes back to the Blues. Why would you want to do that, Leo? Anyway, now to the point of the email at last. I asked him, what would he prefer? Finish fourth with a new manager... Potch etc Oh, or 10th with Frank he gave the same answer as his 54 year old dad Frank of course are we alone or does anyone out there agree with us well Leo who, why are we going to finish 10th what's this all about is this just a kind of is this is just setting up a premise that we have to argue about because we're not going to finish 10th I think we're going to win it so I, 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 I they're not bringing in a new manager after seven games well, I don't, I don't doesn't make, make any sense that. to me is this like a kind of question you ask somebody just if it's hell, you know, in their dreams or something? You just say to them, you know, what would you think? What's going to happen? And you and you sort of taunt them with it because that's not, not going to happen at all. Sorry, Tony, I interrupted you. Your...
3: I've, I've bounced a few people on Twitter who've come down with the old uh, we should go and get Pochettino line. Like, this is the same Pochettino that won nothing with Spurs, nothing with Southampton, and as as far as I can remember, didn't win anything remotely in the same volume as Frank Lampard as a player.
0: Yeah, but you know,
3: I, 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 you know, it's, I'm not saying he's a bad manager. What I'm saying is, he's a, I'm not convinced he's a better one, really.
0: No, I mean, it, yeah, but you see,
3: but ultimately they sacked him in the end because they, they 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 didn't have that.
0: The best thing to do season. is to ignore it all and just oh, think yeah, Think that, what right? you think. Yeah, there's no, I'm 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 not going to. I've decided. I've made up my mind, Tony. I'm not going to analyze what people who are far intellectually inferior to me say on Twitter no I'm not that's a terribly arrogant thing to say I'm just not going to bother with it at all because they are different from me I am different from them I accept and embrace their difference but I'm not going to let it you know get me all agitated you know, you said that was
3: arrogant, but as, as a famous doctor...
0: I was joking about the intelligence yeah, bit, because everybody knows I'm yeah. stupid.
3: But a famous doctor in, in Casualty once said there's nothing wrong with being arrogant, if you're right.
0: Yeah, so well, I quite like that. <laughs> I, that's a very good point. But the point is, is that we... And I think this is a very pertinent point. I mean, Joe's a little bit younger than us, but we're all of a similar age. Football means something very different to us. You know, yes. it's it's a, it's like the difference between speaking English and Swahili. You know, the younger generations like football for a different reason. They're they're into the individual players. They're into playing FIFA like stylish. You know, FIFA twenty stylish football. They're into personality. It's very so. You know, it's I think it's unfair, nay silly of us to get all aerated about it and criticise them for it because. You know, it's a bit like what I said earlier. You know, you can't go and uh, kick your dog for shitting on the carpet. It's what dogs do. <laughs> right, Tony? Remember that conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So, no, you I, know, I, I, I just have a bit of fun with them when they come up and say, you know, flank out, i And I'm like, okay, whatever. But let's have a look at their... Uh, we'll
0: agree to disagree, I think, is the yeah. diplomatic stance. Anyway, we've got a lovely email from Alex uh, Lapchuk. Uh, two more. One, this one, and then one more, and then we're done. Good evening, Chidge, J.K., and whomever gets their fancast cap for tonight's appearance.
2: Whomever? That's fantastic. We are just so in grammatical.
0: We We are. Yeah, I'm impressed. I hate to speak too hastily, but could we be starting to see things clicking into place within this Lampard side, albeit at a steady rate of progress with some goalless and, quite frankly, uneventful games against Man United and Sevilla? We went from games of attack, 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 you might score three, but we might score four type attitude in a basketball style of game to defend, defend, defend. Let's neither attempt to win and play out a cricket test match affair in which very little happens. And it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. He didn't actually write that many on's, but I gave it a bit of dramatic Very good, Chid, very, very good. However, we must look at these games as points gained, not lost, as well as accepting that fixing the goals conceded problem was far more crucial than trying to score more and more each outing. Anyway, I digress. Our defence has been getting a rightful mention uh, a lot recently on the fancast. They have upped their game to some extent accordingly. However, I believe the true talisman for our steadier backline is the big man between the sticks, Mendy. Is not the quick fix, short term mender replacement we all expected him to be. He is looking like the real deal. The man commands balls into the box like few goalkeepers I can recall in recent times. He makes saves like a coiled jack in a box, just pouncing upon any and all shots, regardless of angle or flight. He also brings a calm to the players and fans alike, watching assured that any shot on target against us actually has a chance of being stopped now. Miraculous stuff. Who knew that having a goalkeeper who saves shots was such a necessity? Apparently, Kepper missed that memo. Back to Mendy. The man has a likability factor similar to that of Kante. He is quite quietly making loud statements by letting his performances do the talking. He would certainly, uh, we certainly would have let us slip against the, sorry, he certainly wouldn't have let us slip up against the Saints. The reality is this, without Mendy, we would have lost a Severe, lost to United and probably made it far trickier for ourselves against the Russian pensioners. The back line... I, I completely agree with that, by the way. that's a really good point. The back line, trust him. I look at our form this season and the points dropped so far and wonder, what if we had had Mendy from game one? Things just might be looking differently for us in the league table. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. It certainly is, Alex. Uh... I also want to quickly touch on another point up for discussion. I tweeted Chidge at the start of the season with my thoughts on a potential best lineup. Mine included using Giroud up top with Werner playing off him one side and Pudisic the other. This still leaves room for the three midfielders of Havertz, Mount and Kante. Pretty much what uh, JK, I think, was saying earlier on. Uh, Giroud, let's face it, secured us fourth last year with his immense, I I wanted to say beard but he didn't write Beard, with his (laughs) immense post-lockdown form, only to once again see his offerings to be somewhat forgotten in favour of pacey youth. Yes, agreed this is the modern game, but Giroud offers something different. He reads the game fantastically, holds up as good as anyone, and can flick on any high ball to a pacey run from Pulisic or Timo. Let's not forget he's pretty handy with any dead ball played into the box, and I always fancy his chances of hitting the target when he inevitably beats a defender to the ball. Point being, I still can't help but feel like it's an avenue yet to be fully explored. I write this pre-Burnley game. I'll be away with work and unable to watch the match. But a tall, strong, physical team like Burnley need players to match them. Get Giroud on, let him help out at the back during set pieces where we are vulnerable, and then have him utilise Timo and Pulisic going forward. Am I the only one who believes this could work? All my points on Mendy and/or Giroud could be totally null and void if the Burnley game goes terribly wrong. As always, keep the blue flag flying high and up the chelsea Alex at tweet Chuck. Um, well, I mean, Giroud scored a great goal apart from the fact that it was offside, and he did get on. And I mean, you're you're a big fan of the idea of Giroud playing more, aren't you, J.K.?
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm a big fan of his. Full stop. I I, I admit he's not as mobile as Abraham. Is this why I think Abraham will will probably get the nod every time? But um uh I think he's pretty still pretty integral to the setup just because of his his ability to score goals from the edge of the penalty area with headers that other people just never get anywhere near and as, and as um, as Alex says is he hits the target really regularly and he's is uh, he's, he's a top player. I just think um it's it's interesting to see what on earth would have happened to the team had we not uh, had lockdown um, in March. Uh, after we'd beaten everton 4-0 where i thought he was completely outstanding and they seemed to have found a structure that fitted the team and i think we've moved away from that now with the new players but at the time um with gilmore in the middle um he just seemed to have a focus that seemed to work i mean i, I it might be that he plays the whole of the game tomorrow in which case that would be that would be intriguing to see how he figures yeah. but um um uh, he's definitely very much a part of the group it's just at the moment that frank He's trying to play with Werner as is, is the uh, is the man in possession, obviously. Because he's
0: and Tammy he, Tammy is the alternative, and and I mean we you know yeah. here's the thing, Alex. We we all absolutely love Giroud. I yeah. I, I absolutely love him. I can't yeah. say, you know how I mean. I just love the man. But you know you, we cannot have it all ways. We've got you know potentially a world class striker in Timo Werner, who we who we bought obviously, and then we've got a young lad that's come up from the youth, huge potential, did brilliantly last season, you know, who I want to see get given a chance. And every time that Tammy's given a chance, he never lets you down. I thought he was... I don't think we talked about this enough, actually, earlier on, but I thought Tammy was brilliant I against gave him, Burnley. I gave,
2: him a big, I gave him a big write-up there.
0: You did, you that's did. That's true. But, I mean, you know, I thought he was brilliant against Burnley. I think he links... Uh, I mean, you know, he, considering he's young and he's learning the game, whereas Giroud is a hugely experienced classy finished article of a player. I think that Tammy is his rate his rate of progression is excellent, you know, he's holding the ball up, he's good in in defense as well. He's a big unit, he's fast. So I can understand why Frank says it's Werner then Tammy and then Giroud, but I like you, JK. I think Giroud, you know, he 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 has a role to play this season on the pitch as well as off it because I think his role off it is superb, but I think you know you need you need a wily striker like him around don't you tone
3: you do i, I look, listen he would have known frank's plans for players i'm pretty sure frank would have confided in him him or in him with that so that you know he, he would have had a choice of going uh, elsewhere but he you know he he decided to stay i think he sees himself yeah, there's nothing wrong with being seen as the elder of a team with the experience and everything like that he's a lovely player to watch i've said it before he defends like Drogba used to defend. He uh, he hassles defenders like Drogba used to do. He, he's almost a, a kind of white French version of, of Didier Drogba in some ways. Um, You know, he gets his foot in. He's his, he's good with feet on the ball. He's not fast. Intelligent players don't have to be. No one ever accused Ibrahimovic of being fast in the last few years, did they? No. So you know, I I think he's got a touch of that about him, and I think he's a valuable addition to the team. I hope. I hope he's happy. I hope he enjoys what he's doing at the moment. Maybe he's he's, uh, he's enjoying the role of, of mentor in the background or whatever. Um, but it's right. He's right we persevere with youth. But you. Yeah, I can't say enough about it. we finished fourth because of him. Yeah. we finished fourth because Definitely. of him, is what he, what he gave us. Do you want, I do also you
0: want...
2: think, if you think of the... Sorry, sorry, you're going to ask Joe something, weren't you? Sorry.
0: Joe. No, no, no. Go on, go on.
2: I was just going to say that if you think in terms of the three strikers they've got, it's so much nicer to say Werner, Abraham and Giroud rather than Um, uh, Abraham, and Batchwai.
0: Oh, Christ on Uh, a bike! Yeah,
2: that was the alternative. Totally right. You know, so so uh, I'm pleased that they've got three class people to choose from. Indeed, Uh, I think uh, that's going really far towards what the club needs to get. And you need three decent
0: strikers.
2: You need absolutely. That's my point about you know. I keep going back to the Kenyan thing. You know, you need top players in every position, even in the squad. And it becomes an even stronger squad if you've got
0: Giroud as the first It's, it's, it's a good mix, Joe. Um, I just want to get a bit of Giroud love from you. You can just say I love his beard, and that'd be enough for me. But you can say whatever you like. I mean, I,
1: I, I've said it a couple of times. I, I think Chelsea's 4-3-3 will work best with a target man, and I actually I see a position where Mister Giroud will probably play a fair amount of games. Um, in terms of like a player to learn from, I think you can certainly credit Tammy's development by working with Giroud kind of day in day out, because. Yeah. Like if he can get anywhere near that level of ability to play with his back to goal with all the other stuff that tammy can do his ability to run in behind sort of finishing quality his pace etc it adds a little bit of a different dimension to his game as he sort of continues to fill out so you know these these tall uh, kind of more target man based strikers 25 to 33 i mean you know they've they've got so many years sort of on the latter part in their career i think drogba ibrahimovic you know costa etc players in the last part of their career who, who really excelled in that role so yeah I think Giroud is a top professional. I completely agree with Tony that he was a very large reason why we, why we actually secured fourth. Um, I still think he'll have a very, very important role to play this season, both in terms of mentoring two very young strikers, uh, but also I think in terms of what he can add to the team as well. I think the really, really interesting thing to me, I would love to see this sort of represented or reflected in some of the younger players. Giroud didn't look anywhere near off the pace when he came on at the weekend. And it's sort of like a professional thing with him. I think he, he's constantly ready to play. It doesn't matter if he's playing as a sub or starting. And that sort of uh, mentality, that that ability to prepare yourself, I think that is something that he can definitely impart on a lot of the younger players. Certainly when they came back from lockdown, I thought well, a lot of the younger players were a little bit off the, off the pace. Yeah. Some of the older players were, were just far more kind of in tune with, with with what was happening. So, yeah, I just think he's a top professional and quite clearly somebody who I think will have a, uh, a very big role to play this season.
0: Here, bloody here. Great. Lovely, Joe. Love that, and uh, and the, and the most important thing, of course, Ollie Giroux is a beautiful man. Never ever forget that. Uh, You've got a man crush. I you? do. I fancy the shit out of him, mate. I could turn okay. for Ollie Giroux. I really could. Can you grow a beard like him? No, because he's just, you know, he's the bearded wonder man. Okay. I bet you could. I'm just, I've got more of a cat weasel thing going on here. He's like the real deal, mate. It's true, actually, You're
2: absolutely right. You're right. You know, it
0: is. Yeah. My, The only thing I've got on on Ollie Giroux is that my beard is greyer than his. That's it's not re- a,
2: bit, a bit older, Chidge. Well, that's,
0: yeah, that's true. Um, we got one more email, Old Bean. It's a cracker.
2: It's from Rionic the Gamer. Do you think that's the correct pronunciation? I think Chid? so. Rionik, Rionik the Gamer. I
0: think he might be. Uh, East-
2: uh, Rionik might- the Gamer. Rionik he- the Gamer. He
0: might be Eastern European, but of course he could easily yeah. be American, like Poodle
2: Rionik R- the Gamer.
0: I don't know. I don't know where he's from. He didn't tell me. Okay, right. Rionic. Okay.
2: Um, My sister loves your podcast. She cannot get enough of it. She has a crush on all of your presenters. Keep doing what you do.
0: (laughs) Well, I wish I knew what it was and I'd bottle it, mate. (laughs) Does well, she have any
2: pictures? Can she send us a picture? Well,
0: we'll um, no. I mean, renick if, if your sister, can wants, I send her a picture? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, if renick if, uh, if she wants signed pictures of us, I'm sure we can arrange that. Oh, I know?
3: think we all know who the female magnet is on this podcast. Alex, Diana. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm just saying.
0: What is it? It's Alex or Diana? Is it?
3: <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm just saying. You know, you're getting a you're getting a broad female following. I'm just, just know, trying to think know. of all the podcasts. As I'm not much... saying it's entirely down to me, but it is almost entirely down
0: to me. I think I, I'm just trying to think in all seriousness, Tony, who the real babe magnet on the podcast would be. I, I discount immediately you, me, and J.K.
1: <laughs> obviously,
0: <laughs> uh, Clayton. I, I'm just thinking it's got to be one of the younger lads, doesn't it? I think if it was, it would be a toss-up. No pun intended uh, between Joe and Dean and Dane you know Joe
2: Joe because of the fact we've never ever seen him
0: well Joe's still got all of his own hair for a start yeah yeah. (laughs) and and he's under 50 you know
3: as much as I like Clayton they would have to have a bit of a Donald Pleasance thing they
0: would have to have a bit of a Donald Pleasance thing going and you know you me and you me and JK are far too fat and old well JK's not fat but definitely old uh Dan, you know, Dan's you know yeah, it's,
2: it's not just down to age, you know. Well, well Dan
0: Dan's uh, unless you've got a daddy complex, mate, but Dan Dan is, you know, you know, he's getting on a bit too, mate. He's no spring chicken anymore. I think it would be between Dean, Dane and Joe. Who have I missed out here? It's like my Dean, little Dean Dane and Dean and Dane. Dean and Dane and Joe. Yeah. Right? I think it's between them. they're, they're the pin up boys of the Chelsea fancast, mate. Not us a lot, that's for sure. But anyway, that aside Reanick, lovely to hear from you. Uh, lo- I, I love the fact that your sister loves the show. I think we all collectively say, Reanick, sister, thank you for listening. We love the fact that you love the podcast. Why don't you send an email in as well next time? And then, Can uh... I ask
2: Reanick if he's played um, Assassin's Creed Unity and, and as being a gamer on the other Assassin's Creed that I was in? I can't remember what it was. Because if so, he's heard my little voice there we go. chasing okay. him. Chasing him as a get there, he is. Get him, get him. Come on, kill him. Yeah, get him after him. Because that's what I did. As um,
3: mentioned for the uh, for the youth, they've just I know I heard
0: that. The, I've been trying to um, avoid talking about it, Tony. 3 2, isn't it?
3: It seems like a valiant battle against a, a very, very proficient um city team. Uh, and Leicester have just restored their two-goal lead.
0: Yeah, they're 3-1, and I had Leeds 3-1, so that means I've probably got minus 500 <laughs> points on the... You're have, you have, you have massive. I have had a Western super, mate, I tell you. I refuse to ever think that Leeds will win. I know. So I always, I, I always say
2: it's going to be three-one to whoever plays against them. J.K. Because I don't want them. I don't want them. I to tried
0: win. to be too bloody clever this week, and you've whooped my ass. Ar- you've you've handed me a can of whoop ass for the first time this season. But anyway, time. all will be revealed on Friday when I will have the results of our Prem predictions league out. Because uh, I am afraid that is all we've got time for this week. Now J.K. and myself will be joined by the aforementioned Clayton this Friday at 7pm uh, to look ahead to the Sheffield United game in our preview show. And then uh, Joey Kay and me will be joined by Dean Mears and Mark Meehan next Monday for the Monday Night Chelsea fan That'll oh, be a gig. Perhaps it's for... Mark. You haven't yeah, mentioned Mark. Perhaps he likes Mark. Mark Meehan, yeah. He's still got his own own hair, but he's a, yeah, sim- he's a similar yeah, vintage. Yeah. I've still got my own hair. Tony's still got his own hair, and yet we're old. Ooh, I've, got, I've got a bit of hair. I think you've got somebody else's hair kind of stuck well, on the so top rude to there, so to me mate. about my hair. That's oh. because I've got so much. Yeah, Can I have some of yours? Yeah, I, I sell it. Not your pubics. No, no, no. I don't need pubics anymore because the older I've got, Jonathan, the curlier yeah. my hair has got. Have you seen? Oh, it's getting all yeah. curly. I love it, Chidge. Yeah, kiss curl. It's, big, it's yeah. getting all curly. It never yeah, used to be curly that's when that's I was ar- younger.
2: That's our kiss curl. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Something genetic. Keep yeah, trying. It's, keep it's, trying. Because
3: it's yeah, you know you yours Chidge, you're... Your predictions—you were the worst in
0: the Chelsea fan. Yeah, I, I have said this about seventeen yeah. times tonight. I have no shame. Anyway, yeah, you, enough. We you, got to get on because yeah. I want to go to bed. You a, right. You I have had a Western Super. There's no doubt about it. Now, yeah, we'll be back on Monday. Well, we're we'll back on Friday for the preview show. Me, Jonathan Clayton, back on Monday for the Monday night show with me, Jonathan Dean, and Mark Meehan, the lovely Mark Meehan. Uh, the FanCast, and I know Zuriel asked about this earlier, and I hope he's still in the house and he can hear it from the horse's mouth, but the Chelsea FanCast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as lots of other podcast tr- distributors. And providing I don't collapse in a heap, having had too much Guinness and I'm tired, it will be up tonight. It usually goes up about an hour or two after, the sh- after we finish the show. All right? Uh, You can also find the Chelsea Fancast and all the best Chelsea podcasts on the CFC Blues app, as they tell you here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the
3: ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts, download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
0: Right, quick as ever shout out for our lovely Patreon Uh, Members, thank you so much for those of you who donate to us on Patreon. I noticed a few joined this week. I won't uh, embarrass you by saying whom, but you know who you are. Have yourselves a very big virtual kiss from your Uncle Chidge for doing so and being so generous. By the way, the new people, if you want a signed Kerry Dixon mini banner, let me know on Patreon, and I will I will get one to you because that's kind of what happens. Uh, but anyway, if you want to get hold of us on Patreon, it's it's, it's a great way to communicate with us. Uh, we also do the occasional show where you can join in and play. We're doing one on the 16th of November in a Q and A special. So if you're a Patreon member, you can you can come and join us on Zoom, be part of the show. How much fun would that be? Uh, so there you go. So it's great fun. There's also a Discord group which I've set up for our Premier League predictions uh, members. Uh, but I've opened it up to our Patreon members too. So if you're on Patreon, again, let me know and I'll send you a link and you can join the Discord group, which means you can we can talk nonsense to each other while we're watching the football, which is kind of what we tend to do. It's, and I have to say, you know, it's much more it, – you know, I can't do WhatsApp because otherwise my life would be over. But, you know, it's Tony, it's like Twitter but with your mates – and no other fucker. Have I
3: I've, I've missed Well, something. it's an
0: app that works like kind of Twitter and WhatsApp, but you choose who joins you, right? Um, so you get no idiots. It's wonderful, mate. There's loads of us in there from the Prem Predictions League and a few from Patreon. What's it called? It's called Discord. I emailed you a link to it. Anyway. Thanks, yeah. So there you go. Join the Discord group if you're in Patreon. uh, And, of course, you get an invite anyway if you're in our Prem Predictions League. Uh, Emails that we've just read out, as you know. If you want your email, Patreon message, Instagram post or tweet to be read out on the show, then you must let me have them by the end of the day on Sunday or at the absolute latest early Monday morning and they will be read out. We always read them out. And the email address, of course, is Chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ChelseaFancast, me at Stamford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at GrocerJack and Joe at Joe Tweedy. And of course, as I said, Instagram and Facebook are also at ChelseaFanCast. Uh, Joe, you have it's been it's such a joy having you on the show, Joe. Always, always brilliant insight and just lovely to talk to you, mate. Really lovely to catch up.
1: Yeah, it's been great fun. Really enjoyed it, Chish.
0: Well done. Did you manage to watch the youth game while we were yabbering away?
1: Watching bits and pieces of it, yeah. I mean, they were probably outmatched a little bit. City have got a really good centre-forward um, in, in De Lapp. So Roy, I think it's Roy De and Liam. Um, very, has he very got a long forward. throw? He has, actually, yeah. No way. Is, uh, interesting. But considering we we probably could have had Brojo, who's obviously doing very well on loan in Holland, and also Ian Mattson, who's doing very well at Cholton, both could have played... Might have been a bit of a different game and uh, Chelsea's probably Starlit, Tino Andrin just coming back from a serious injury only played 45 minutes in the second half played very well but I think we, we missed him sort of being fully fit for the game but still that there's a number of kids who are coming through that are going to be serious contention for the, for the first team over the next few mm-hmm. years.
0: Excellent stuff. Well done. Well Joe great to see you. Hopefully we'll get you back on real soon um, and good luck with all the things that you're doing. Good luck with you. Oh yeah actually I meant to ask you that. Tell me about your Kings Road thing with the Londoners Blue Boys.
1: Yeah so i um, i kind of been speaking to him about it for for a while. It's going to be sort of a long-form series of podcasts. Your
0: your guide to the Kings Road pubs, is it, or something like that?
1: There will actually probably be an episode on that, yeah, as well. So Kings Road pubs, but it's just taking a little bit of a dive into a various number of Chelsea topics. So, uh, yeah, like long-form style pods, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, First one probably will be about the academy, going from sort of Glenn Hoddle's vision to what it is today. But loads and loads of topics and lots of uh, interesting guests as well. So, yeah, something to keep
0: in mind. Great stuff. Well done, you. They don't deserve you, but I love you for it anyway. (laughs) Um, All right. Okay. Uh, Joe, brilliant. Lovely to see you, mate. You take care. Good luck with the move out to you know where, and we'll catch up with you real soon. Mr. G, Mr. Glover, I'm gutted that I can't go and have a pint with you down your way, thanks to the bloody lockdown. But no, hopefully I'll see you on a Friday night in the old virtual pub, yeah?
3: Should be there this Friday. I had friends down last week and um, my liver and kidneys will have um, hopefully recovered fully by Friday night.
0: Good man. Great to see you as always, mate. Uh, Been fun tonight. Enjoyed it. Last, but by no means least, uh, Mr. Kidd. Uh, Absolute delight as always, dear boy. Enjoyed it immensely. Mm. Lovely guests
2: as always. Mm. Um, Everybody on fire. Loved it. Loved it.
0: Me too, mate. I'm absolutely gagging for a piss because I've drank far too much Guinness oh, doing the show.
2: well, you haven't revealed that to us but thanks
0: for sharing. It's alright, anytime mate, anytime. <laughs> you know, I haven't actually quite succumbed to actually going in the glass whilst doing the show. I'm, I'm a bit more adult and mature you now. You'd probably hear that though, wouldn't we? You so might do that Yeah. You have to mute yourself and you've got no opportunity to do that. And so. I would never do that no,
2: no. well you give me a sign couldn't you and I could I, just uh, I could carry on talking for you for a few seconds well
0: i am I, I am I am as unmutable as i am as I am immutable immutable
2: oh clever
0: Jonathan, absolute delight to see you looking forward to seeing you on Friday be another giggle, no doubt and do you know what I tell you what on Friday I hopefully we'll get a Sheffield United fan on and I want them to sing the chip Butty song
2: yes yeah, yes. that would be great I agree that's yeah, my yeah. plan all right
0: yeah, I've got to yeah. go and find one first, but oh, that's my mission this week. Good. So there you go. All right, Jonathan, great to see you as always, and the Mixler people. You're all absolutely lovely, and we love every single one of you. Well done for sticking with us this evening, and in fact, for as long as you've been with us, it's brilliant. Uh, now, the immortal words are about to be uttered. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chels. Ah, oh, chills!